Hey, what's good, people? This is the Option Podcast. This is episode 173. And I didn't ask in the form of a question. I know that it's 173. I got the incomparable Wendy Jones. I got Ashley Clark. Ready, guys? All right, cool. Buckle up, people. The episode starts right now. We're doing a live one, huh? Look at that. Too bad you guys missed the intro with the... <laughs> What's up, guys? Along with Wendy Jones and Ashley Clark right here. What's up, Ash? I'm Jason DeBase. This is episode 173 of the Option Podcast, and here we go. Now, Wendy, we um had a good time on Wednesday, didn't we? That was fun. Wasn't it? Undivided. Yep, undivided. Let's get some volume on your mic. You have mic three. Ashley, um, in a gangster move, Ashley joined the podcast. <laughs> a yes. Last minute, unprepared. I thought, I think, Ashley, in light of the fact that a lot of the material you didn't have a chance to go through, um, you know, I, like we started as early as Monday. So mm-hmm. we came in, we kind of hit the ground. Or you had to hit the ground running. I thought that was really, really... <laughs> Right. It was a, it was a good eight thirty a.m. Yeah, phone call. <laughs> yeah. When she calls and she says, "I think this is your show," I'm gonna say, "Okay, let's find a way to make it happen," and that's what we did. So everything that we take time to prepare, or you know, we put all this thought into, you throw it at this one, and she goes, "Okay, I can do it." Give her forty five minutes, <laughs> and she's got a monologue. She's got an opinion. She's got mm-hmm. research. You can, there's nothing you can't throw at her that she won't catch yeah. and figure out well here's the cool thing like this podcast is going to come out like days after episode one of of um called undivided that's the name of the new podcast we have um i'm going to give give each of us a brief synopsis of what we think it is and consistent with our mission statement and this and that and just allows us to to um give everybody more insight but the cool thing is we you know, there was a time frame we're trying to squeeze all this stuff in. So anything that we, we were missing that we wanted to say, we could actually say it on this podcast because yeah. this comes out after. Mm-hmm. So, so Wendy, give, give my audience listening um, what Undivided's about and what are we about. I'm really excited about this space, Jay, because you and I have been talking like this for quite a few years on multiple different subjects, all the kind of current events that we love, sports and all that stuff. And... The thing about current events is that they're always changing. So you're going to always feel like you're a little bit unprepared because the next story is going to break. The next, You didn't read the 24-hour news cycle. There's no way in our daily lives that we can know everything. But people have, are afraid now to speak up because they think they need to know everything to say something. Hmm. That's what good people are out there holding back, not saying what they, what they believe, what they think, what they know from their perspective. And we need more people doing that. And then people who really have are, are throwing stones at glass houses, like they're saying whatever. And I don't know, some people's consciences, like they say things and things are going on in the news. And good people need to have a chance to speak up. And I think we're creating a space where people can chime in without judgment and just use good critical thinking skills and have a really great conversation. Yeah, um, Ashley, I think you pretty much feel uh, share a lot of her sentiments, but is there anything you'd like to add to that? Um, yeah, absolutely, I agree. I would say just from my own personal experience, I didn't like politics growing up. 
I, I recognize it as a popularity contest, a money grab, a power grab. And I honestly didn't pay attention for a lot of my young adulthood. And it was, you know, about six to eight years ago where I started to pay attention and realize that it's important for us to be engaged and informed and not just on one side of the party lines, but both sides and all sides so that we can really think critically about some of these, you know, events and situations that we see in our, not only in our day-to-day lives, but in the world around us. Yeah, actually. And I, and I share a lot of that with you guys. I, um, I think I, I, I wrote like my own uh, little paragraph I was, and I'll just read now. It's just very, very easy. It's um, basically the podcast that says we will explore hot and button topics in the world of current events, entertainment, political wellness, and tackle these topics from a fresh set of eyes coming from a place of objectiveness, political homelessness, and critical thinking skills. In a world where people are looking for answers to be fed to them, this is the show where we constantly pose the question, optimistic that we, along with you guys, the audience and the viewers, um, that we can answer some of these questions together. So, And, and that's the thing I kind of liked about this because we're not coming on this show beating our chest, um, tell, trying to tell everybody what's right for them. We're not coming on this show. And I actually want to get the split screen of you guys shaking your heads together. That's awesome. <laughs> we're, we're not on this show um, telling everybody that we have the answers to all our questions. Mm-hmm. All we're, we're, on, we're doing this show, and I think you guys will agree with me. We're doing this show because we want to make sure that the question is asked, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, the old saying is, um, you don't, you can't solve the problem unless you know what the problem is. Yeah. So I think we can, t- like together, we can pose these questions that present what we believe what the problems are. And, and through our viewership, I think we're going to have a lot of um, interactivity, you know, people sending us questions and stuff like that. We can answer all these questions together. And um, like if anyone ever said I had an agenda like this, the, like the whole volleyball thing, like what's Jason's agenda? He's he's doing all this out of the kindness of his heart. You know, he's he, there's no no one's doing this for nothing, you know. Um, and for a long time, I thought I disagreed with that. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm from Brooklyn. I, I do something for nothing all, all the time. I do something for nothing my whole life. But I think the mistake what people make is they think that these things have to exist on their own. You're either one or the other. And no, uh, uh, yes, I guess I had an agenda. But it doesn't mean that it's not included, but limited to not doing something for nothing. Yeah. I mean, I think we're creating a space where people just need to be able to sit back and listen. And Mm. then hopefully they will chime in with what they think and we can listen. Because I think that's the thing that's been lost in just discourse these days like the way that people people talk to each other like the, it is really not okay out there right now <laughs> no. it is not okay dude and, i love how you said that too it's not okay yeah i mean it's i we have so much to learn from each other and politics is really just a, a story of perspective unless you're getting into some of these topics we're getting into there's such a disconnect between the regular America and the power structure right now. And I've never felt it bigger than it. And it's really disheartening because this Mm. isn't the way I grew up and people don't know. I grew up in a very political family. My dad held political office my whole life from the time I was seven years old until I was in my twenties and has run for everything from 
he was an assemblyman, a California Secretary of State. He ran against Barbara Boxer, got beat, ran for California governor, got beat. Um, but an example of a really good man who had friends on both sides of the aisle and we would sit around and talk about things and there was never one right answer. It was a matter of people's perspective. And there was honesty, there was integrity. I'm not seeing that today in the stories that are coming out. And so I want to, I like the way that we talk because we're coming at it from a, a real grounded American perspective, despite all of the nonsense that's going on out there and First Amendment attacks and, and school yeah. shootings and all the terrible things we're seeing. But it really comes back to the way that we're all connecting as Americans because there's so much that's out of our control, but the way we listen to each other really matters. Yeah, when uh, actually, I want to stay with Wendy on this one because um, age demographic-wise, this is an important question. My mom uh, worked for Paul Weiss, mm. right? And I, you know, I grew up, you know, spending summers at the firm or whatever. Big old the big old Payne Weber building. Paul Weiss has like 19 floors of it. They have mm. 200 partners. Big law firm. Um, Back in the day, there was a certain time period, and, I, and I'm not sure where that timeline is, and I'll leave it up to our viewers to decide, the ones who were actually born at this time. <laughs> in the legal profession, when the case was over, like the district attorney and the defense attorney would have a drink together. Yeah. They would discuss the case. They would, you know, and, and I think a lot of the discussion was strategy, like, you know, what do you think I did wrong in this and that? Or do you, you know, or what do we think the truth is? It's like, and sometimes you're like, I have no idea, but they would, it wasn't personal. They would sit and they'd have a drink afterwards. And, and I think it's very synonymous with politics. And yeah. this is where I'm getting with this because a lot of the majority of the politicians are, are were attorneys anyway, like. If you consider who all of our presidents were, I mean, I, I don't, I can't put a percentage number on how many of the people were were lawyers, you know, or practiced law. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. it so, is a lot. Um, how similar was it during your dad's time period? You know, state senator, mm -hmm. uh, um, where yeah. you'd argue on the floor with a lot of rigor and and passion. Um, whether you look, whether you're defending a narrative, right? Whether you're, you're, you have, you have big business to, to bow to, and that's, that's you're fighting for, or maybe you're just a good old fashioned, you know, guy on a local level, just fighting for the people who elected you, um, constituents. Um, and I said the word election, so that's it for Facebook. Um, but, um, <laughs> so long Facebook <laughs> and fuck off, um, um, whatever your name is. Who's, who's the owner? What's his name? Zuckerberg. Fuck you, Mark Zuckerberg. Um, <laughs> so, um, nah, dude, you, you know why, right? Yeah. But, um, how much has that how much did that mean something back then and how much did that change? I'm going to give you the floor on that. Well, you know, from my childhood perspective, it meant a lot because you knew that nobody was reduced to one label you could put on them. They weren't just a Democrat or a Republican or a liberal or a conservative. They were, you know, the guy that, you know, my dad would talk about fights on the floor, the budget, the, the, the budget debates, the they'd stay up late into the night fighting with each other, the Willie Brown controlled state assembly. I mean, it was, it was gnarly, but then you'd go to Sacramento and come visit him and go out to dinner and see all of the guys, you know, together and 
they'd come over and say hi to your family. The Jim Costas, the Rusty Arreyeses, they were Democrats. My dad was a Republican. They were all friends. They didn't agree with each other. And that shaped my vision of what politics was. So it goes back to the other thing that I really believe is that like there's all this stuff going on in government and politics and what we really need to be talking about is roads and construction and education. And yet somehow we've devolved into this like it's just this massive power structure driven by money. And I'm not saying that there weren't lobbyists and all that stuff going on back in the day, but like it does seem to have elevated to such a level that we're not even talking about the stuff that we can all agree on anymore. Like what is the role of government? You know, it's, it is. Our education state is in a mess. I don't know how anybody could disagree with that. The mental health crisis is a tragedy. How are we, how are we not talking more about that? Because everything else is just a symptom. And then what I'm talking about is it goes back to your kitchen table. Who's coming home at night and having these discussions around their kitchen table? Because that's where the stuff really starts. Mm-hmm. That's where hearts get changed. That's where people learn how to relate to each other. So... Yeah. That's how it all ties back to my childhood. Yeah, so let's fast forward a little bit, Ashley. Of course, to a younger, a younger demographic, um, old, old by nature. Though I feel like you've seen enough to last two lifetimes. <laughs> a lot of wisdom. Uh, um, no, no <laughs> doubt. An old soul. Isn't it crazy? Like out of this this three person yeah. team, we 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 we, we bow to her as far as some so like things. No things through personal experience. You would have thought between me and Wendy, we have a combined hundred years, right? Um, we, we, we go to you. So let's, I want to ask you something. Just on a social level, how many friends do you have in your life? And I'm just going to keep it grounded and we can take off from the ground. How many people in your life? Um, sorry, I'll get that camera on you. Let's do that. How many people in your life where you have an argument about something you feel strongly about, but at the end of the day, you're still friends? Is that is that demographic of friends disappearing because of ideological differences? I would say for the most part, uh, I'm losing friends based on those differences. Um, I've lost some family members as far as social media is concerned as well, especially during COVID because I was kind of vocal about presenting questions, not necessarily saying one thing is right or wrong, but saying like, well, if this is that, then why isn't this that way too um you know but i find with my family especially we we get hot headed and go after each other quite a bit but at the end of the day we still love each other and we can come back grounded and say okay i can see where you're coming from based on your life experience and what you've gone through but this is also my perspective and what i've gone through you know and i think that stems from kind of what wendy said we used to sit down at the dinner table Mm -hmm. like that was that was a core memory I would say from childhood and we would sit and even if dad came home late from work or mom was leaving dinner early to head to work there was a time where at least all of us siblings were at the table with one parent if not both and I couldn't tell you what we talked about but I think that lays the foundation for being able to have good conversations about things that are going on in your life your feelings your emotions you know the way you're processing your day or your relationships Um, but for me, it's just really sad because I find the more conversations you have with people, the more you get into it, the more that they, you actually can find similarities and it's the people who are so polarized that you just go like, well, why? Like you don't have to be stuck in that corner. If you come out of that corner, 
it's better for everybody if we can work together. You know, I was just thinking as we're talking about undivided, you know, the purpose is to bring the divisiveness together in that muddy middle, because really, if you section everybody off into their silos, there's only a few strengths in that silo. You need everybody, all of their differences to work together in a community or a society because everyone's going to bring something different to the table. Yeah. So I guess the question is, has the kitchen table um, discussions um, stopped or has a kitchen table discussion changed? You know, was there a generation of people that are raising their kids differently? I think I think Wendy's on to something really, really, really strong because nobody can disagree that better parenting shapes shapes these better better personalities. And there's nobody on any and there's no I don't care about what any scientific study says. I don't care what political ideology you are. I think I think good parenting well, there are exceptions, right? Like I have a kid, you know, my kid's sister needed the army. <laughs> my my kid's sister was literally, literally had oppositional divines disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you that don't know what that means, that means I'll clean my room unless you tell me to. <laughs> That's oppositional divines disorder. And, every, and, and on a cute level, we all like to think we have it, but you, no. know, you don't know what it is when yeah. you, until you've seen someone literally fight to go the other way and everything. <clears throat> you know, she was on medication for a while. You know, she was, um, you know, sent to boarding school and all of these things. And and at the end of the day, the cure was the army. <laughs> Just knocks it right out. <laughs> knocks. N- oh, we got someone that don't want to do it our way. Okay, where you from? New York. <laughs> oh, they must. Yeah, I can't even imagine. So, so I think, like again, Wendy was on to something where you don't. Like, I'm very strict. It's mm-hmm. my way of the highway, but, you know, Kelly provides this healthy balance to save me from myself and to save my kid yep. from me. And, and and now you got two parents that are finding a way to, to raise this to, this beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. um, beautiful, smart. I won't call her highly intelligent. She's blonde. I, don't, I, I think she's going to be dumb, you know, <laughs> but because uh, <laughs> there's no way a kid's this good looking, right? And this athletic and everybody gets along with her. She's, all, she's also going to be smart, too. You yeah, know, there just, is. Yep. There is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, this, you know, there are eight-legged mice on Venus, maybe. But <laughs> but um, I think the point I was trying to get to, uh, Wendy, how much percent i mean if we could put a number percentage wise how much does um making sure that this these kids psychological growth from home uh, the level as far as level of importance is concerned it's an obvious is obvious but yeah, we have to we have I to mean, go hard on the pin yeah, on this one it absolutely with everything they're up against out there like we didn't live in a 24-hour social media news driven society like these kids what they are up against they don't have a time they don't get to come home and turn things off the way that we did or be i mean the only time that they are you know if they're in practice or they're in theater rehearsal like those are the things that have kept my kids away from just that constant bombardment from you know the dopamine rush of social media and trying to figure things out if they don't have someone that they can come and talk to and ask questions and feel safe to be imperfect and kind of seeking and figuring things out they're going to go to google and i tell my kids all the time please come ask me come talk to me talk to your siblings don't go ask google like please right. it's not going to work out well 
Um, yeah, and you you really do have to slow down enough. And that's one thing I always did with my kids when they were little. Is like when they're little, you squat down and you look in their eyes. You don't talk down to them like this. You get down and you look in their little face, and then they start to to relate to you. And then as you grow up, you earn that spot where they're going to come talk to you about the hard stuff, where you're going to be the first call. Right. But you earn that as yeah. a parent. I mean, Kelly and, and Braxton have that yeah. relationship. It is, it's a mini me. I remember I showed you the skiing video. Yes. Mm-hmm. She swerves and so behind beautiful. her is this little tiny person it's doing the, the same swerve. Video. She speeds up and behind her is, a, a, yeah. I, I mean, it's... It's, but the yin it's and classic mini-me. The yin yeah. and the yang works, though, Jay. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways. Like, you need that structure and that discipline, and it's hard. It's hard to be hard on your kid. No. But that, that structure is well, really, really important. And balance in the structure, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I grew up as the oldest of five kids in my family, non-denominational Christian house. Dad worked in a construction job. Mom worked a night job. So parents were coming in and out of the house, And my mom was very, like, very get things done, school, because I was homeschooled. And then dad would come home, and it's like, okay, it's time to clean and do stuff. So my life was very structured. And I it's taken my adult life for me to learn a little bit more spontaneity and adventure because my life was always very structured and planned out and outlined and... So for me, I look back and I go, some balance would have been good in that situation. So I didn't have to take my adult life to learn, you know, that it's okay. Things don't go the way that you want them to or based on your plan. It's always good to have a plan, but also you don't want to get frustrated and full of anxiety when your plan doesn't go the way you want to. So, you know, having balance in the way that you parent or the way that you coach even um, is really important, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, I remember Chris Rock talking about... um... He was, and it was his comedy special, Never Scared. And he says, I look in that little girl's eyes and I'm thinking my only job <clears throat> is to keep that girl off the pole. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like Walker Hayes. Yeah, oh God, I mean, think song. about what happened in your life. <laughs> think about what happened in your life where mm-hmm. that kid that- grows up and she's on the pole, right? It's like, Dad, come spend some time with me. Get away, go away. I'm watching a football game. He's and he's like, she's like, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what he said. That was just like, like his bit, you know. It's and, true, love. You don't pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> don't expect him to come well, calling if you're not paying attention on the yeah. totally boring. Day. But do you see my message? Yeah. yeah. Like, you're a super mom. All right. You're a mom of four, and you're a power mom. You got a kid playing volleyball at Stanford, mm-hmm. outside hitter. You got a daughter playing for Hector uh, Beach at TCU, who is not the easiest guy to play for, right? So that takes a lot, a lot of toughness and personality. You have another kid that's like six foot seven and still growing. You got another <laughs> one that's in musical theater that's that's might juggle Juilliard or Marymount, right? Um, so you're a super mom, but that's not what I'm talking about. The reason why I did the whole Chris Rock thing, I'm, I'm just trying to tell parents. If you make an effort to keep your kid off the pole, <laughs> good things good things can happen from that too. You know, sometimes you just need to be, at least be a mammal. At least be a mammal. One of his other favorite lines is, go home and take care of your kid before he robs me in 10 years. <laughs> you know, right? so, yeah, so, um, yeah great, great little conversation about parenting. And because I gave her the floor, most of the floor in that, is there something you'd like to add to that? Um... No, I'm not a parent yet. I've just been in... in... You are a parent. Well, 
She's how many kids? Tell, tell how many parenting. kids do you have? Tell her. Tell us. <laughs> how many kids do I have? Well, what's the number? How many? How many are on the team? I have thirteen on my club team. You got thirteen kids, and man. I nanny a couple kids part time, and you know I help. You know I was on yeah. call my to pick up all, Matthew yeah. yesterday, Dude, but he was is... sick. So for me, it's just observing and taking notes on things that I feel like work that I've observed and things that I don't feel have worked. Right. And, you know, when we're talking about being present specifically, I would say the biggest thing right now is taking out the tech. Like, take time with your child. Like, I know on a Friday you've had a long work week and stuff, but sit down and play a game. Sit down, build a puzzle, read a book. A book only takes 10, 15 minutes with a kid. And when you're reading a book with them before they go to bed... They I was going to say, how about so every, how about just easier. every night? Yeah. yeah how about like, just every night? Yeah. It, and, and that it's a small piece, but I feel like it would go a long way. Mm. And again, this is not based on my personal experience, but when I've read children books, they love me way more than if I just put them in bed and say, give them a kiss and say, I love you. Good night. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, um, and she's right. Like, I, I mean, if part. you could pick a part of the day, the Dang. easiest part is putting, you know, you're putting them in the bed anyway, right? So Kate and I read Wonder yeah. every night. I told yeah. you that. We just open the <clears> book and read what, because we'd already read it through so many times. We just open it up, read a couple pages. Yeah. It's the best book. Mm-hmm. So good. So many good lessons. So I like the general level of just being, being, um, just paying attention to your kids. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think that's the, the general consensus. We're not, we didn't get specifically on anything, and we don't need to. And nor do we need to refer to any child expert about this thing. I think the demographic of people in this panel are, are, um, are qualified to, to have this conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> um, <clears throat> one of the things we talked about, or that was on my radar, was uh, Matt Taibbi. Um, like in the Twitter files, uh, if you remember, uh, um, for the people that are going to watch the episode, if you've already watched it, um, I think the through line I said was that there, uh, because more stuff kept coming out every week because mm-hmm. it's like hundreds of thousands of emails. Mm-hmm. So they're doing it in dumps. So every time more stuff comes out every week and, and I said something like, if you like drama, there, it's, <laughs> it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. So. Well, but what we didn't talk about was the IRS. When do you remember you'd mentioned the IRS showed up at his was, house the day he was he was on his way to go to the hearing. I was trying to stay up on that story because you said you were talking about it, and yeah. I've been you know I've paid attention mm-hmm. to it because the the First Amendment implications are huge right. for what's going on. But like the the irony or lack thereof of the IRS showing up on your doorstep. I'm like talking about shut tax returns mouth. from 2018 and 2021, and it's 2023. And from what I read, there's no financial. He doesn't owe anything. It's no. they weren't saying he did something wrong, but well, the letter. Like, I think the letter was he was his taxes for 2018 were electronically rejected um, when. When he filed, they were electronically accepted. And like, then, yeah. So it turns out yes, the guy that oh. came to his door was wrong or something like that. But, but we had I had like three different options, like a category. I thought the three of us can have fun with. Okay. Um, and if you guys go on your phone on your on your text or whatever, um, I'd like for all of us to just parody parody <laughs> one of those three. Like I'll go and I'll do the first one. I'll give you an example, and you guys can take the ball and run away with it. Ready? You go. So. The first one, let's go on camera four. 
Just a wellness check. <laughs> the IRS shows up at his door just to make sure that he's living and breathing. All right, just to make sure everything's okay on the home front. Matt Taibbi, Taibbi, are you okay? Remember the song, Michael Jackson song? <laughs> Annie, are you okay? Taibbi, are you okay? Are you okay, Taibbi? <laughs> <clears throat> That's right. Well, listen. He's done everything at the Twitter at the at the Twitter files um, testimony except say the word Hillary, right? So, so you do want to make sure he needs to constantly remind everybody, I'm in good health. Mm-hmm. I'm not depressed, and I'm not suicidal. <laughs> All right, I'm not on. The, so this way, right? He's not found in a closet somewhere with two bullets in his head, with his hand ties behind his back, which the police will ruin will rule a suicide. Um, Ashley, what's the second one? Well, yeah, um, the second one's a visit to let him know that his taxes were fine, uh, but they still have their eye on them. And I actually think that that's the most funny one because, I mean, they would show up at the door and be like, oh, you're fine, but we're still here just to make sure you know we're here and we're watching. Should we compliment them on that? Because usually when someone calls you, it's always about something negative. I mean, the, the whole notion that they showed us to someone's house and said... I want to shake your hand. Great electro- great job, electronic filing. Uh, yeah, but that's just a show. They're really just to, there to intimidate and make him know that they're still watching, I think. Yeah. Wendy Jones, the third one. Number three. His 2018 and 2021 tax returns were rejected due to identity theft concerns. <laughs> His taxes were electronically accepted via an accounting firm, and now, four years later, the IRS is telling him it was rejected. Four years go by, and today, they come in with this information. Isn't that awesome? Now, for the people listening, it's number three is the actual truth. Really? So, so yeah. Yes. With number one, look, there's always going to be, when you have these three choices, one, number one, one, one of them is always going to be ridiculous. I'm ridiculous, so I did the first one. Uh, um, second one, Coming by just to say, hey, making sure you signed your name. Go ahead. And Wendy? Well, you said ridiculous. And that's the problem is that the world is getting more and more ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like they want to say that this number three is not the truth or like, oh, it's some random. No, people have common sense. They can see what's going on. And then when they say state the obvious, there's like societal gaslighting going on saying, no, that's not it. Like, no, it is because I have common sense and I'm watching this go down. And then this, this what is it, Occam's razor? Like, that's the, the simplest answer is usually the best. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Don't make me second guess if I'm reading, you know, reputable newspapers and taking in information. However, you do have to do some digging on this stuff these days because you can read. Two different newspapers, you mean the Washington Examiner and the Washington Post will be talking about the exact same current event, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about an op-ed, I'm talking about an article, like a, right. a journalistic article, and it sounds like they're talking about two different events. Yeah. So that's <laughs> the world we're living in, so people really do have to keep their critical thinking skills, because I say take in both newspapers, take mm-hmm. in the perspectives. But then if you draw your own conclusion and you feel good about it, don't let somebody else gaslight your common sense. I also think there's something going on. And Ashley, I'll give you the floor in a minute. Um, there's something going, in, going on with, if it goes against your narrative, right? Um, 
there's this old, not this old school, but this procedural thing where you go after the person's character, right? Mm. Like, for example, like if someone who was convicted of smoking marijuana finds a dead body in a trunk, it's like, well, he smoked marijuana two years ago, so it's mm. it's that's so the dead body's not there. That's not true. So, and I think what people are missing, like. <clears throat> he was called a so-called journalist. He was saying he was, uh, people saying he was doing it for the money. Remember, uh, Wasserman yes. Schultz is like you, you struck it rich or whatever, and this and that. <clears throat> and what people are missing <clears throat> in all of this, whether he's a so-called journalist or not, uh, I mean, he is. He's a real journalist, right? We all know that, right? <laughs> he has a book sitting over there. Yeah, where is it? Hey, <laughs> hey Dink. Yep, Hey Dink. It's called why why today's media makes us despise one another. Ooh. Yeah. Then you got. The, for the picture close-up, you got, what, Hannity on one end and Rachel Maddow on the other. So yeah. that's red and blue. The two biggest gangs in America, <laughs> Democrats and Republicans. But whether you think he's a so-called journalist, and that's and, and he is a journalist, right? He's, he's, um, journalist. he's won two, two awards for his work in journalism. Whether you think he's doing it for the money, and I think he wasn't, but even if he was... I don't, you, you don't go down the street and see journalists with a cardboard sign saying, we'll work for food. No, they get paid yeah. for their work. So ask yourself the, the common denominator. Always, like you said, your critical thinking skills have to start from the common denominator. And the common denominator is, not is, is, is are the emails true? Yes. Or is it true, right? right. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. And that's where... I think that's where we, we collectively as a society can do better a better job with our critical thinking skills. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> First of all is what they're saying is true. Yes. You know? Yeah. Think uh, think about think about police brutality, right? That's politically divided, right? When yep. someone leans on someone's neck for eight minutes and forty six seconds, right? You have a demographic of people that are trained to ask themselves, what was this guy's past history? Mm-hmm. Right? And maybe everything about his past history is true. Um, and because of that, they'll make this connection that this cop knows knows that guy's past when he sees it, which is just ridiculous. But at the same time, no one takes into consideration the cop's past history. No, and that's such a... <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, you're like, right. well, 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 what did we find here? You know how you many know? cops would have walked around <clears throat> out there with PTSD? Yeah. I mean, they do take their... And, they're, and, they're, and if you and, watch... And their history sealed. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you watch the videos, which are very difficult to watch from mm-hmm. Nashville, you see heroic. I mean, you see the effect of people <clears throat> who are true heroes right. going in and saving lives in short order. Right. Yep. I agree. That's what you. And, and so when we sit here and demonize an entire police force across this country because of some bad cops, we're really we're putting all of our lives at risk. We need these people. We also need the internal affairs of police agencies, like police departments across the country to, to hold bad cops accountable. And oftentimes that doesn't happen. And, but that's, but that, can you see that's where the meeting in the middle comes from, Wendy? Yeah. How, the, are, are some of these got, cops being held into account? They're, 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 bad cops should be yeah. held accountable. Uh, look, I mean, when you're a cop, Half the time you go after someone who probably probably did it, <laughs> you know, well, and and, and, and your yeah. life's in danger all the time. So I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend them in this instance as well. Um, and you have to make these split decision things, and if you don't make the right decision, 
it can cost the life of the person you're you're yeah. dealing with or maybe even or, or even your own life yeah. right so we're not trying to say the job is easy we're just trying to say that we want better training for for yeah. these situations because the military um like a soldier in the army can de-escalate a situation better yeah. than better than some of these cops right well, now. And they're, very, and they're in a situation where you're supposed to get shot at. That's something we've learned <clears throat> with the amount of veterans and first responders that we've talked to through yeah. my podcast and just some of the the work that we're doing at Be Better is right. the difference between military training and first responder training, very, very different. I've talked to some military men <clears throat> that, that have come out and wanted to be first responders and that transition of the way that you handle de-escalation, handle stressful situations, very different in the military than it is in the first responder training. Right. And um, that's hard to, it's, it's Ashley, a hard transition. It's, yeah, and what I'm thinking about is like the parallel between when we're talking about, you know, the shooter from Nashville or anybody else, when there's signs that somebody needs help or maybe there's a, a a co-worker cop that seems a little off maybe it's ptsd maybe it's something going on at their home but it's the responsibility of the people in charge to throw a yellow or a red flag and go okay what are we going to do to make sure that this person is not a liability to the community to our department to others right and, and then gets the help that they need right so for me it's like yeah, it's in the middle and everybody needs better training and awareness and understanding, but also like their lives are on the line every single day. So I would rather them or anybody in that position of power to err on the side of caution, right? Now, holding somebody down on their neck, like why can't you just put somebody in handcuffs and sit them there where the like sit them in the back of the car and leave them alone? I would even get that argument if the cop was alone and needed backup uh, the situations we've seen there there are five other yeah. cops standing there watching if you remember the eric owner situation in staten island new york you know and as a new yorker <clears throat> i gotta echo dave Chappelle's sentiments when i say yuck staten island is one of the worst places i've, I've ever been on and, and the only mm -hmm. thing to come out of good out of there is the wu-tang clan all right so <laughs> so um shaolin uh, yeah. uh this just it is just this it used to be a landfill or something like that, and then they made it yeah. an island or something like that. It's, it's just, it's just a desolate. It's like Lubbock, Texas, of New, <laughs> the Lubbock, Texas of New York. You, yeah. you, you, yeah. you don't, you don't, you feel so bad about being there. You don't want to. If you want to die, you don't have someone else bury you. Mm -hmm. You like dig your own hole. <laughs> you lay in the thing and you throw the dirt on yourself until you just asphyxiate. So, um, but I think the point I was trying, <laughs> trying to make was. Right, six people standing there chilling. Right, yeah. um, we had a great. Uh, only touched the tip of it. Only touched the tip of the head of um, mental health and how like mental health is the common denominator of like um, basically. Um, I think everything we're, that's remaining, we're what's remaining. We're going to talk about on this podcast. Yeah. We can go all the way back to mental health, and I wanted Ashley to take the reins on this one. Yeah. Um, Ashley, I want your opinion on. Since we're talking about police, and I want you to talk a little bit about better training and mental health. Not not as separate entities, not as a false dichotomy, but kind of as a binary thing that you you know that can help 
maybe just police do better policing because we don't we don't want to sound like we're here against against the police we're not we're not against police we're not anti-police no one at this table is defund the police that's an that's a ridiculous concept until someone breaks in your house what you mm-hmm. gonna, what you're gonna do right? right you know i mean damn i mean women women don't even want a man who's sensitive when someone breaks into your house <laughs> how many look do you want a man with sensitivity? Yeah, sure. Ashley, you want a man with sensitivity? Sure. Yeah, think about it. You laying in bed one night, someone breaks in the house. Your man's sensitive. You both get your ass whooped. I don't want so, to be sensitive in that moment. No, no. <laughs> you need a man with sensitivity. <laughs> a man like me. <laughs> get out of here. Yeah. So, Ash, talk a little bit about, because we had a great conversation about just mental health in general, but I'm, I'm going to challenge you here on that critical thinking. Uh, good training, mental health, binary. The floor is yours. Well, first and foremost, I don't think that sitting in a seminar and being talked at is the most ideal form of training. Any training I've had, even active shooter training at a junior college I coached at in Iowa, um, you know, you sit there and you get given the the acronym for what you're supposed to remember and then what you're supposed to do. And it's like, okay, or even just reviewing the film and I'm watching them move through the, the halls. For me, it's more about people, understanding of people, right? And the psychology behind catastrophic events, mental health symptoms, and how you can identify certain things that people say, do, or how they react in situations. Those are the things that our people, our law enforcement, I think, and really everybody needs to be paying attention to is those small things. And it's, you know, you could get into the trap of it being a stereotype or a microaggression or or anything that's negative. But when you're looking at it from an objective lens that like I'm trying to keep myself, that person and everybody else safe. Again, I would rather err on the side of caution, the side that's like, OK, that person seems a little bit off today. So maybe I'm going to go have a conversation and gauge based on a conversation if they're with it or if they're kind of out to lunch, yeah. or I'm going to watch how they interact. You know, for an example, I was taking a walk with somebody, with a, with a, a little girl the other day. We were walking to um, go get some Jamba Juice and, and walk home, and we are walking on one side of the road, and I look up about 100 yards, and there's, I, I think, a homeless man walking down towards us. So I, I was like, okay, we're going to cross the street, and we're going to walk on the other side of the street so that we maintain our space and not have to walk next to this person. Now, that person maybe not was homeless, maybe would have been nice and said hi, maybe could have been not so nice and put us in a dangerous position. So I took the responsibility and the safety of this this child across the street and I used it as a learning tool. Like, okay, we're not gonna walk next to a stranger, we're gonna take ourselves out of the, out of the situation and we're gonna walk away and I'm gonna teach her, this is, these are the things that you look for or these are the ways you can keep yourself safe in situations. And I just don't think enough, you know, I don't think enough of that's being taught. It's not, it's not being an important aspect of, of what we're learning. Do you think the way that someone goes about that attracts more attention though? Sometimes yeah. it could, it could. That person could have looked at us and been like, oh, they're moving away. But it was yeah. just like, 
you know, I mean, would you rather be judged for moving away and being scared or be stuck in a position where you're getting abducted or harassed? Well, one, you were in taking care of a child. So that, that wasn't well, that's your child. Yeah, yeah. So that's I mean, that, like, there are always everything. different variables, but like, that is something <clears throat> like there does need, to, there's, there's everything that Ashley's saying. And I agree with that taking, you know, control of your own safety and, and paying attention. I read the, mm-hmm. the, what is it? The gift of fear mm-hmm. that you told me to trust, learning to trust your instincts if something doesn't feel right. But there's also the compassion piece with the place that we are in the world. And if you're walking around in this community, you'll walk into Starbucks and you'll see a homeless guy. When you look in people's eyes, everybody needs someone to look in their eyes. Like if you do feel safe, you don't know what mark and how you could help someone's day. I think so often these days we also can look away Mm -hmm. from what we don't want to see. And if you can be safe and still make that human connection, I do that all the time in places where I feel safe. Now, you do have to trust your instincts, you know, as a woman, if you have a child with you, like, I don't want to put myself in a situation where I'm having to defend myself. But I mean, I would if I had to, but the human connection that we're missing out there because of the dysregulation in the world, our collective nervous system, if you want to get into the to mental health and psychology, it's really how we're all feeling as Americans and how we tolerate the stresses that are out there. I, like we're and really I'm, I'm glad we're having I'm having this conversation with two women because as a guy I kind of feel differently about it. But you're talking about being a woman, right? And you're, you're and you also reiterated reiterated around um, um, like as she was talking about having a kid, right? Yeah. You know, I mean that which trumps everything. You yeah. know, forget what everybody's feelings right. are. You know, so I, I would it. I would add <laughs> to go back to law enforcement. You know, I would need to know a little bit more about what their training entails mm-hmm. to have an idea of what my opinion would be on to improve it. Yeah, you know, but for an example, you know, in 2020, I remember seeing an article that talked about L.A. County Sheriff or L.A. County Police Department taking away the sexual assault crime unit. And to me, when you're talking about defunding the police and a place like L.A. as a female, when I read that, like, I mean, even just now, like my I can feel my heart rate start to race because that's an important crimes unit. And by no means do I feel afraid as I walk around in my day to day life normally, like even with that situation, I wasn't afraid because I knew I had the awareness and the tools to deal with the situation if it came. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about law enforcement and their training, you know, I want to know more about what they do. You know, we just had a podcast guest on what I meant to say this week, who was a former um, first responder. And he says there are no health like requirements for first responders. Yeah. They don't have a physical, like they don't have a physical test. What? So yeah. so when you're looking at the cops out there and they're most of them are not in the best shape that they're going to go chase a perpetrator, that worries me too. Like yeah. we're not even just talking about your emotional and mental capability of handling a situation. What about your physical ability? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember growing up cuz I grew up on a dead end street in Brooklyn, New York, right? And I remember seeing like a, a chase, a police chase, right? So they're chasing this brother, this brother, this this black dude. He's like six one, six two, right? And he runs onto the dead end street. And he re- and when he runs into it, he realizes there's nowhere to go. But there's a gate 
There's like a gate, like five and a half, almost six feet high, right? Mm -hmm. And he sees the gate. He gets a running start, jumps, just only needs a one-hand assist. He's over it. He's gone. And then the the male cop, there's a male cop that sees him jump, and he sees, and, and he's running, he's running towards the gate, one hand, one hand, boom, gets over it, whatever. And then like 10 seconds later, this short cop, female, I'm not teasing because she's, she's mm -hmm. a woman, I'm just talking about size, kind of wide, you know, wiggling. She goes to the gate, she does this, takes out her flashlight, just starts looking. <laughs> you know, so yeah, we are talking about size and shape. We are talking about mental training. We're also talking about physical preparation because, yeah, like I think someone, I think a cop that thinks someone's more physically stronger is more ten, uh, might, might use be quicker to pull his weapon right i mean he needs yep. you need the, the, to be the dominant person in the situation where they have to obey those orders and this and that so so um i want to stay with the cop thing but i want to go back to the uh woman the woman and man thing the um i think Chappelle said this best empathy is bisexual it has to it has to work both ways mm -hmm. like you, you were talking about walking on the other end of the street and this and that so i'll tell you a cool story right so I'm walking down the street as a woman. She she sees me right when she's walking, and what she does, she takes her jacket and she covers her boobs when she walks by. So, and when I saw that, I took my jacket and I covered. I just covered mine too. I'm like, fine, bitch. You don't get to see mine either, you know. So, so, so. But it was it was one of those situations where if I were just a little bit more understanding, that. So I'm, I'm giving you both ends. Like me, I wouldn't have even noticed her if she mm -hmm. didn't do that. She walked with her head down and she did this and covered her. So, so I don't look at her. her, her, her that breasts, has right? way more to do uh, with um, her story than yours. But th that's yeah. what I'm saying. Totally. Yeah. But I want you, because I'm a man and I'm in a room with two women. Mm -hmm. uh, you, um, I'm, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying on the other end, it's not something I would even notice if she didn't do that. Mm -hmm. But on your end, and I think uh, as far as righteousness is concerned, uh, if there is a right and wrong in this conversation, I got to be more empathetic. She's doing that be probably because, you know, she there's some guys out there that are undressing her with his eyes and all that stuff and this and that. So, in fact, I had a video I want to put up. It's called um, This Woman uh, Walking 10 Hours in New York City as a Woman. Hmm. It's a street. Mm. It's like the street harassment thing. So, so, DJ spin that stuff. Let's get it going. <clears throat> So this is a girl who's walking down the street. Now, this video is heavily doctored. I'll tell you the problems I have with it, but but okay. I don't want it to get past the broader point. This one just walking. This one, just, this dude's just walking. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, and you know yeah, what? He looked feels... like he, but he looked like he's trying to sport her. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. So sporting someone is when you 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 have a girlfriend or you have a date, 
and she's really really good looking and you want your friends to know you have someone good looking so you <laughs> so you so we have this term called you could sport her like what do you think of his girlfriend oh you could sport her so uh, that's just me thinking like a dumb guy but you wanted to say something first because i already got Go a mental note yeah. well the fun i mean what you saw there she wasn't even in what you would call provocative clothing. Like she was not in clothing to draw any attention to her. And if that's the response that she's getting without looking at them, without, you know, wearing anything that's showing anything off. She's wearing black. She's wearing black. Like she's on, she looks to me like she's trying not to get attention. And yet mm. that's all she's getting, which might be an issue in itself. But that's what I see there. So when you're talking about men and the way that they feel like they can just say whatever they want to say whenever they want to say it it's very you know it's an objectification of women you know at the most simplistic level i mean that's more sexualizing though like objectification you you we, like we cover what we see every day and if you cover it, you're, you're something you're objectifying it, mm -hmm. it does, the, okay. i mean the words are kissing cousins they're, they're not strange True. bedfellows so um, but that that goes beyond objectification. Hey, mommy. Hey, this. Hey, that. There's a there's an innuendo. There's a sec, there's a, se a sexual innuendo. Yeah. That, that, that's well, there was that. there were different statements, and I was gonna say like I, yeah. I I I am very big on connecting with people, and I think if you New York is an interesting city because it's very very different than L.A., which is to me not even the friendliest place. But New York people do not. I had lunch with. Um, a Broadway producer the other day and he goes I love I love LA he goes you can come to LA and people will you sit down at the bars like single guy didn't come in with any friends doesn't know anybody people start talking to you because that doesn't happen in New York so that vibe that happens on a New York street I think is I think you're gonna get a different feel in a lot of different cities and she didn't want the attention mm -hmm. but there are also some of those things that were said were not terrible have a good day have have mm -hmm. a good evening like i'd be like hey thanks you too keep moving right like what energy you put out you're gonna get back but if you as a female start if you know when you don't feel safe right i wouldn't feel safe with that guy walking next to me for four minutes mm -hmm. or well, her her heart read is those, well yeah. her, her heart read is that person saying, hey, how you doing? Have a nice day. Does he do that to everybody? Does it just see me and do that, right? Mm -hmm. Is there a sense of egoism that knows that she's good looking and knows that people are treating her different because of that? Let's, I mean, that's that's the that's that's the curtain behind the curtain of that no one wants to talk about. But that's that's a real question. Well, but I also, not to skirt your question, but I also don't think that that should, like if you are confident in who you are and you are confident in what you're wearing and what you're doing, then you shouldn't be bothered by the way that people, like a passerby speaks to you. Like, yeah. yeah, you can say it was rude or it was unwanted or whatever, but really like you can keep walking and that two second interaction does not need to be something that you remember or something that affects your mentality and the way that you approach the rest of your day, right? So that's where like separating yourself, knowing who you are and you know what you're putting out there to the world having confidence and being grounded in that versus being affected by you know those were those were all men i yeah. think but yeah. you know there could have been a girl that said something to her too and you well, know that's one of the many problems i have with the video right yeah think about this right not one no, there wasn't one girl that said that right oh mm -hmm. uh, here's a, an even bigger problem every single person 
And this is how I know this is heavily edited. Every yeah. single person that that uh, I guess the, the word cat call that there's yeah. the term they're right, using right. Uh, were black and Latino. She mm, she yep, all right, right. She worked through parts of Harlem. She walked through parts of whatever. But she, you've been in New York, all right. We walked yeah. in the Upper West Side. We walked in Midtown. She yep. was near Times Square. And you're trying to tell me you walked through all of these uh, places diverse as New York City, right. and only Black and Latino people were doing that, and no white people did that. Yeah, not true. Yeah, you're gonna have to miss me on that one. So yeah. so yeah. I have um, a lot of problems with the video, but I think the reason why I showed the video is because there's a message mm-hmm. that that's saying that. Guys, if a girl's ignoring you, does you gotta have some empathy? Yeah, leave you, alone. you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you know, and this is why. Be, this okay, how, or yeah. just be okay getting shot down. Mm-hmm. Honestly, we also are living in a world where people don't approach each other, where people don't say what they mean uh-huh. to say. Mm-hmm. We, we're, I don't, I don't think men ask women out the way that they used to. I think a lot of women want to ask men out. Like, there's a whole different changing dichotomy of the way that men and women relate to each other. Right. And I just want people to say what they like. What's your intention? Say what you mean. Ask me a question and be okay getting shot down or letting this be the greatest thing that ever happened to you or somewhere in between. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Preach. <laughs> yeah. I mean. It, yeah. No, but I think it. The reason why I, I did this and how it even uh, minutely relates to the whole police thing. Police have to know. Maybe someone's having a bad day, you know. Oh. Like, like if they pull someone over and, the guy, and someone's like, "What the f you sweating me for, officer?" <laughs> I'm just like, "All right, there's a guy who's having a bad day." Yeah. And the reason why I have a problem with the the way the media is is. is you got two different media outlets taking completely one side or the other. They are not doing. There's a not. There's not enough videos out there that are showing something, a situation where they could have been both people's fault and situations where it's nobody's fault. Like there was a, one situation where a guy, I think, called the police. Uh, I'm not sure for the reason he 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 was lost. He didn't know where he was, and the cops came and. And the cops were like, all right, why don't you stand up against the wall? And he's like, no, I don't trust you. I don't I don't want to stand up against the wall. I'm, I'm not in the sunlight. I'm, I'm in the shade. I don't, you know. And the cop actually said, all right, cool. Uh, maybe just have a seat over there on the curb. Is that okay? And then the guy, you know, the cop is just trying to say, all right, mm-hmm. you know, maybe being against the wall is demeaning, you know, me, me acting like, you know, like I'm escalating the situation. He's like, well, just have a seat over there. I'll sit with you. Let's have a conversation, you know. And then the guy sat and then just got up and ran in the street. And then the cop change modes and said all right get on the ground get on the ground right so they showed the complete video but if you only saw the end of the video you would have thought it was just some cop like hopped up on stories get on the ground get on the ground but what happened was the guy went into the street in traffic where he was endangering himself and now the cop who's following him right you know it's it's like you and and i don't know where it was but it felt like you know, like California, these little mini freeways where these guys are just driving like idiots in 35 mile an hour traffic. Um, it looked like a situation where I don't know if it was a danger to him or the cop, but it could have been, you know. And I'm I'm side with the cop on this because I saw the whole video and I saw the behavior of de-escalation first. Yeah. You know, but if you only show the end of that video. It's viral. Right. And, and it's more and it's more but, defund and the police. And, and that's and that. the world we're living yeah. in. Um, I'll tell what can I tell one more story and I'll give you you, the the situation last year right after George Floyd a month later there was a girl who was in a an assault situation 
called the police. And what happened was she rest, she rested the knife from her assailant. She was getting jumped. Basically, it was this teenage girl getting jumped by three girls. And she took the knife from the assailant. When she took the knife from the assailant, the cops came. And the cops said, please put down the knife. Please put down the knife, right? And the girl, the other girl was still trying to hit her. So she raised the knife. And the cop said, put down the knife. And in mid-swing, the cop shot her. And she died. And he ended up, I mean... The end result is he shot the wrong person. He shot the person that right. called the cops. But the situation of him taking it as far as he can go before he pulled the trigger. This is not a brutality case. This is not a BLM case. This is not, uh, I recognize a criminal when I see one. This is a guy that saw a woman with a weapon. Please put it down. Almost begging her to put it down, right? She raises the weapon. He says, put the weapon down. She's in mid-swing. He pulls the trigger. Save, saves the girl who was who actually wound up being the assailant, you know. So there was no good result for everything, and and I know it's not the time to ask how the cop feels because someone's family member just died. But this guy, who's ex-military, that's how he was taught. Uh, that was how he was taught to de-escalate a situation. I- I'm gonna take a poll here. What what could that cop have done in that situation that would have made it different? Not shoot and let her stab the girl. Uh, that's the, that's the other choice. She what was, else, what so else she is was going to stab the girl. Well, what happened was here's the thing. She or she was coming. She was getting jumped by three girls. One of the girls had a knife. Right. And when the cops came, she wrested the knife from yes. one of her three assailants. Right. Right. The cops saw the girl with the knife, thought she was the the assailant. Right. And it turns out it was the girl that called the cops. And the cops were telling her to put down the knife, but to de- to, to defend herself, well, she uh, maybe to defend herself, or maybe just to attack her assailants with the knife that she took from them. Yeah, well, I, I haven't seen the size no. or scope of these uh, of no. the, the women. And but I, I drew a pretty good I picture. I would very much hope, to me, I, I don't mm-hmm. think that a, a male cop coming at three females fighting with one knife should result in somebody getting shot. Right. That's... Okay. That, like, good. I want a there cop who can de-escalate that situation without killing someone. Because you should be... I mean, in the end... You should be trained enough to not... You should be trained. Unless to, they actually have, have a gun like yours. Have you ever seen jiu people? Have you ever seen no. the way that people ha- can... There are a lot of ways to de-escalate a situation right. without shooting someone. Yeah, I agree. Wow, that's a great answer. And she's Ashley's right. That, that comes with your training. Well, yeah, my question is, like, can the cop not see clearly who was the one getting... Like, even though the girl, the victim, was holding the knife at mm. the time of arrival... Could he not see that she was beaten? It's weird because when you're in a situation, you see four girls, everyone just swinging at each other. Yeah. And if, but if you take ten more seconds, you'll you'll see a clear three on one, right? But I like but you'll I, see a clear three on one. So that's the that's a great question. And 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 I and I just wonder too, like if that's the only person with an actual object or a weapon. In that moment, they are the biggest threat, right? Like yes. you can de-escalate someone throwing punches, but if right. someone's got a knife, they can knife you before you get a you chance, get there, unless right. you have appropriate training. So, I mean, which is, I mean, which is, which is I think, is, what Wendy was alluding to. I would like yeah. to see them not have shot somebody, but also, you know, I mean, anybody could have lost their life at that point. Right. It could have been any of those five people, including the cop. Well, I think. Now we're on to something even more acute, a better training, right? We we will talk about mental health every single episode if we have to for 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 well, our for, training, for undivided. But training is a big training deal. Training doesn't just come down to physical training, though. No, training comes down to what type of 
human being are you bringing in to do this job? Right. What is the state of their nervous system? But, How do they process right. really stressful situations? You see differences in people who can handle high levels of stress yeah. and people who crumble. Mm-hmm. What is the? How are we reading that? But because anyone, I've worked with mentors right. that that work with these people, and we seem to be doing it on the back side of trauma, and we should be doing it on the front side of trauma. Well, what is it? It's Sean Ladig. Hi, Sean. Learn jujitsu or be <laughs> better trained. Yeah, I was Sean. just gonna go there, right? Mr. Ladig. There Ledig. we go. I just said that. <laughs> well. And no, my, but I wanted you were talking about jujitsu training, right? Like, no, she was. But okay, the, but go ahead, the other the other big issue I want to pull out of here is what you said about about watching till the end of the clip. Okay, so we have a huge mental health crisis. The other thing is that, and and I know this now from a year and a half experience of editing and producing content. Now, you can clip things to make people look almost any way that you want them to at yeah, this point. Yep. So with that knowledge, okay, no matter, we go back to politics, each side of the aisle, it doesn't matter. If you're not watching everything and trying to ask yourself questions with a fine tooth comb, then you're out to lunch and you're missing the boat because everything that's on our TVs, everything in our social media, all of it is all curated in a certain way based on your your clicks, the time spent on a post, everything it's curated to make you think a certain way that whoever has the power i'm not going to say who i think it is but whoever has the power wants you to make it a certain thought process in your brain so to me that's the two biggest issues is the mental health and the censoring or curving content to drive whatever narrative it is and that's my biggest problem is people like you see the news. A lot of people out there making their own reels now and, and social media content. Like, you know what it takes to edit something. You know when something looks like it, it's been edited or not. Pay yeah. attention and ask Dude, questions. Dude, I mean, now you got AI that actually it's can literally scary. put words in, Win- put words in Wendy's mouth and make, yes. it, make it look like she's saying something yes. that she's not even... Or walking somewhere or you've been somewhere you haven't. It's like yeah. you... I don't even want my mind to go there. Let's right? just, but I want Scary. my mind to go back to the jiu-jitsu training you were talking about. And it's yes. great because we got... Uh, I mean, it's so... The timing is everything because we got a, uh, a like a jiu-jitsu master listening to this podcast right now live. We're doing a live version. And Sean Ledig, welcome. Of course, type whatever you want. You we'll put it be, in. I know. But we need a live. let's just put it this way. You don't have to go back to the first episode of UFC to understand. Um, sometimes it's just about the person in the training. Like Hoist Gracie. Bringing everybody up to... to, to uh, um, what mixed martial arts I'm talking about. Guy weighs about 170 pounds. There were no weight classes in this tournament because the UFC was, was a tournament. Mm-hmm. There weren't just one, you know, like like events. So this man in the semifinals beat someone who was 240 pounds, beat someone who was like two 230. Um, all because he knew a certain martial art called Brazilian, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Mm-hmm. Uh, the manipulation of someone's body, understanding how the body works, understanding how, what your limitations are, and working. And, and look, like Hoist Gracie wasn't a cop. He's not a cop, wait, huh? And how to keep your mind yeah. calm yes. while you're doing it. Now, here's That's a here's a little history lesson about uh, Los Angeles Police Department, right? I don't know about NYPD. Uh, when chokeholds were legal, uh, they had uh specialist i don't i mean brazilian jiu-jitsu didn't really hit the united states hard until 1993 mm-hmm. but in the 80s yeah rafael elwanger but um but in the 80s 
they were teaching people to de-escalate by just putting people to sleep. So mm-hmm. the reason why chokeholds were banned is because I'll give you examples of two kinds of chokeholds, right? There's a, a rear naked choke, which is like a WWF sleeper hole. That's what it looks like, mm-hmm. right? Um, this goes b- below your chin. This comes here. They press your head over here. It, 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 um, it presses the carotid artery, cuts off the blood flow to the brain. You take this uncomfortable nap, but everybody's okay. And the, there's a, the other kind of chokehold is your forearms across someone's mm-hmm. windpipe, where you can exhale, but you can't take air back in. Which is if you, anyone that saw the Eric Garner video that was saying, I can't breathe, mm-hmm. I can't breathe, I can't breathe. When he said, I can't breathe, none of those times were inhales. Right. He's but not breathing out. in. Yeah. So that's an asphyxiation that can cause some kind of brain damage and even kill you. So the, they got rid of chokeholds because of that, because they considered it inhum- inhumane, humiliating to the suspect. And then police had to resort to billy clubs and now you have permanent injury because someone's using a stick a police stick because mm-hmm. chokeholds are banned which is what we saw in rodney king we saw a guy who wouldn't stop moving and the cops out of some adrenaline or fear and and in some cases some would refer someone would say hatred um just literally beat beat a guy to death you know or almost yeah. beat him to death yeah. right rodney almost. king lived through that yeah. so so i think Wendy was on to something when she was talking about training. Because there's a guy who's like, you know, right? Because we were just talking about a cop might be scared because he's smaller than the person. But if you're training if, on the situation, you know. And also, I think defunding is a bad idea. I think if you, if you made the starting salary for a police officer higher, I think you have the choice of selecting who you want. Because there'll be more applicants. Because mm-hmm. right now, I don't think anyone's running to the academy to to want to train. The no, salary's no, crap, no. and 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 what are you getting? You're just you're just getting whoever comes, right? It was one of the things well, people would the tease respect, the army about. Like as people the respect te- level goes down. Yeah. People people don't want to do that. Like, like any who wants to sign up to be right. ostracized every day in the job yeah, that you do for that for that kind of money? Yeah. For 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 more money, dude. Come on, there are people that that will that sold their soul to Satan practicing law because it's good money. Well, right. Yeah, there are people yeah. that be, that become medical professionals and want to pay loans until they turn seventy because there's money behind it. Yeah, you want to help people, but come on, there's a big fat check at the end. Accountants, real estate. Who gets into real estate because they love selling houses? Get out of here, <laughs> man. Miss me with that. That's well, that's for the money. Period. So, why not make this competitive, where people who might be in it for them be it for the money, knowing that they could lose their job, knowing that they lose their job. This this great job that 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 and not just supports their family but enhances their quality of life. You can make the same argument for teachers, right? Yes. And the education system, right? You, we talk, we talk we hit that early. Mm. The education system is in a dark and terrible place, and we we don't have anybody that wants to teach anymore. I mean, yeah. same th- like I went to school. Mm thinking I was going to be a teacher. That was what I wanted to do. All the way from elementary Man, to high school. You would have made a good one. Yeah. When I ha- Wouldn't she have made a one you. of the best? Absolutely. Well, I'm teaching in my own way yeah. now, making courses and stuff for Be Better, yeah. but and, and I love it. But it's the same thing. If you pay people to do a teaching job, you're going to have better educated children. But that's not what we're getting. We're getting 
we're getting, well, and this is going down a rabbit hole, but you're getting teachers who want three months off in the summer and two weeks at Thanksgiving and Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let, let me tell you something. Make a teacher's salary like 120 grand a year. Make 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 a teacher salary like that. You I I, I stick by my philosophy because everyone's gonna be like, are you gonna have bad teachers in anyway? Okay. No, you won't. No, well, here's no, the, you won't because uh, they'll be gone because they they can be replaced by someone who wants the job just as bad, who's just as good. Yeah. Well, or better, and allow teachers to be held to a standard to keep that great yeah. salary that they have. Yes. Okay. It works. I can both never ways. be a teacher. It works both ways. No, but it, you the, can't excuse. Yeah. But listen, if I if I did teaching, let me interrupt you. If I did teaching for the money, let's say I did it because it was a good salary, they would know if I was a good teacher right away. I already know I can be a teacher because if if a kid spits gum at me or tells me to go f myself, I'm gonna be like, fuck me, what you know? And next thing you know, the cops are you know I'm gonna be on the news right, (laughs) holding the kid out the window by one foot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll be in jail and I'll lose the job. But but you know what I'm saying? The the salary. Look look, this. I'm not saying the salary. The salary won't attract the psychos, but the salary is not required to keep them. That was all I was trying to say. Yeah. And the same thing applies to the cops. The salary. The salary is not required to keep them. And you know, like in the New York, we were taught in our neighborhood the army was just for dummies. You know who couldn't make it in the real world, but man, was I wrong, and I was right. There are some dummies in the army, but the, some of the most, the brightest people I've ever met in my life. Never mind my permanent duty station, just boot camp alone. Where are mm-hmm. you from, Mississippi? Where are you from, Texas, mm-hmm. West Virginia? Uh, that dude can't even read. That dude, he's an engineer. What the hell is he? He's got mm-hmm. a four-year degree in engineering. What yeah. the hell is he doing here? You know. So this one, you know, his grandfather promised him $750,000 if he served four years in the army. It's in, wow. So he has an inheritance deal that required mm-hmm. him to serve. So, so the reason why you join is, or, or is, is interesting and whatever. Absolutely. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I'm listening. No, mm-hmm. you're just asking. But see, you're just asking the questions of the people around you and look what you learn. Yeah, no doubt. No yeah, doubt. what a melting pot to yeah. have access to people that have grown up different places, different experience, different education levels, family dynamics, it's a melting pot and that's where you learn the most about yourself i think and others right as you learn more about others you learn more about yourself mm-hmm. in the process so but yeah it's interesting so wendy mm-hmm. here let's talk about la mm. i'm gonna do a 60 second countdown clock right one minute <laughs> and you're gonna give me three things you like about la Ooh. You're going to give me three things you don't. Oh, I get to be the negative? Yeah, of course. Oh, I'm going to give you three. La, 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 la. I'm going to start a fight. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do it every That's time. That's your song. <laughs> or actually, I could do three things I don't like. I mean, I could, I could, I could jump in on this. Do you want to do what you don't like? Which, you wanna, which one you want to do? I'll give you either one. All right. Three things you like about LA. Let me do my chroma key. There goes your clock. Wendy. Three things you like about LA go. Uh, people who live pretty healthy lifestyle around here, like access to really good food and like healthy, healthy mindset. People that are going to yoga. We are a very fit population around here, and you know, to the extent that you take that to like where it's too much and it's it's self indulgent. I'm not into that, but like I I love that everybody's out moving and we have the weather 
to be able to be out moving because the rain's been enough lately and I wouldn't want to live anywhere where it rains like this all the time. Um, being able to see the ocean. I don't know how you leave this coastline. I think about leaving California all the time, but if I, if I take a walk and look at this coastline, you can't, you freaking cannot beat it. I don't know. Third, I've been all third over thing? the world. You got a third thing? Um, <laughs> third thing that I like about LA. Oh man. I swore to never date somebody that lived south of the grapevine and look where I am. So That's right. I got you too. Yeah. I got you I, I think you count funny, but yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm digging deep for the third. I might tell you some something about. She's like oh, somewhere diversity. the cameras aren't rolling. I, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I like hard. I like living among diverse people. I really do. I don't need everybody to think like me. I like that. Yeah. Ashley, three things you don't like about LA. Oh, three things I don't like. Um, the homeless issue. I think for a place where we have such a large population, we should have, you know, and such an affluent population too, we should have a better handle on our homeless um, I think that the littering issue is is large. Um, I think for a place where we are about cleaning up our environment and paying attention to climate control and things like that, I don't think we pay attention enough and take care of our direct community. Um, and I think the last thing is I just feel like most people are really, really fake. <laughs> like... <laughs> Sorry if you're watching and you take offense to that, but I, you know, I want to get into the real conversations. Why you are the way that you are? Yeah, yeah that yeah. I'm starting to fight with that one. <laughs> I see you over there. Um, you know, but just be real because, like, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't have time for the fake anymore. It's and that's you know, you asked me the question about friends earlier. I don't have a lot of friends because I would rather sit at home on my couch with my cat. <laughs> then go out and have fake conversations about the weather and the surf and what they had, what kale salad they had for lunch. We're not into small talk. <laughs> yeah. Dude, let me tell you something. Well, my wife was like, um, I'm going to my friend's party and you should go because her male friends are going to be there. I'm like, no, hell no. We're going to sit there and talk. Three guys who never met each other, a circle joking, talking about the 405. I don't think so. <laughs> the no, 405? No. Yeah. no, I'm like, and you know, there's a little argument over it. I'm like, those are your friends. Not mm -hmm. my friends. Just it's your friends, and I don't know how long you had that problem, but, <laughs> but it's not. But it's not. But it's not mine to solve. <laughs> okay. Oh, so I guess I'll go. I'll, I'll pick one. I'll just go with three things I like because three things I don't like is too easy. Because I'm I'm a oh. hater from New York City. <laughs> Fair. It is. I drink hate. Haterade is served in vanilla, and that's my favorite flavor. Hell, hater wait. You should do a mix. Do two that you like, and one thing. The biggest thing you don't like. There I, you go. I'm All curious. Right, cool. I like that. All right. Good. With a minute to do it, let's see if I could put my gift of gab. Did to I make news. the minute? I have no yes. idea. Well, the horn went off. So, oh. all right, here's what I like about being in LA. Beach volleyball and indoor volleyball. Um, when I was in New York, I had a, a, botch, a bunch of opportunities and I maximized them. And there's a good old boys club that I wasn't a part of. And some, some instances I passed them. Some instances I, w I couldn't, I uh, had a ceiling and I couldn't go. And here, I like it because I don't have to be part of a good old boys club to do my job and affect the way that I change people's lives, juniors and kids and all that stuff. The second thing I like about LA is I really, really don't miss cold winters in New York. Mm. And though the the last month and a half has not been a great sample size of what LA life supposed to be like, but um, I, I really enjoy not having to worry about 
when I can do act outdoor activities and this mm -hmm. and that because New York we find a way but we don't like it. All right, now, now getting back to the one thing I don't like, I don't. It is TLC, the case of the fake people. Goodbye, goodbye to all the fake people in my life. I never wanted you around me, so be on your way. You better think twice before you let people in your life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't want you to win that race because if you do, it lessens their space. Yeah. I really, really can't stand fake people. Now I live in Hermosa Beach, and and if I don't have, if I don't leave my zip code, it's a good life because I know everybody here, and I got my <laughs> right. We got our, yep. our little escapisms. We got the ocean. We got karaoke. We got, you know, uh, um, the food is garbage out here, but we there are one or two good spots. But like Ashley said, um, well, not like you said, but like I'm saying right now, a year in, I was just like, uh, I mean, it. You come here and it's sunshine, you know, good morning, neighbor. How you doing? Living a dream, you know? But then you're here long enough where you say good morning to that same person. Hey, good morning. How you doing? He goes, I'm like, that's the same dude that just told me living a dream yesterday. You know? <laughs> and he looked like he didn't even know me. And, and at some point, you know, you get caught up in the validation game in your career. And then yeah. when, you get when you get caught up in the validation game, you start validating yourself. And then you become what you despise until you finally say, I had enough. And then I've, I, I, my first year, I, I told Kelly, and I'm going to say this again, I'll give you out of floor. And I said, um, like Danny DeVito said um, in that movie, Romance in a Stone, hmm. I said, if you want to kill me, take me back to Brooklyn and kill me, all right? Take me to the Verrazano Bridge, put two in my head, let me die like a man. Don't let me die in a... I said, don't let me die in a sand like a snake, <laughs> like a goddamn snake. <laughs> That's what I told her, Kelly. She's crack. She cracks up when I go through this. Chekhovian suffering, which is the only time she laughs. She, she can't get a smile unless, unless, <laughs> unless I get hit by a car. <laughs> yeah. oh She's God. like, oh my God, the way he flew. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh very, very funny. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Well, and to be fair, I think that there's fake people everywhere. You know, it depends on where yep. you are. Yeah. But it's just, you know, we've talked about getting out of California for a long time you can mm. I mean even you know I, t I said something about the environment even to the point where in a couple years I forget because I've not done my research on this so m maybe we need to look it up but California is putting in a law where people who own their own homes mm -hmm. have to separate their garbage not just recyclables and garbage now but compost food paper garbage plastic garbage and recyclables like Come on now. Can people just be responsible and dispose of their own garbage without having to have a law come down from the government? Like, I can't. I can't. That's a, yeah. That, to me, is an example of being fake. Right. If, if we cared about our environment, we wouldn't need the state to make a law for us to separate our garbage. I think... Well, and then we, what's happening when it gets to the dump? No doubt. It just gets in the same I, place. I, what I, and I, I can't confirm that, but I've heard that all of... Even the separating we're doing now is not making any difference. If there's anything, which is I, really disheartening. When if there's anything I can't stand, I can't stand someone that says I should drink through a paper straw, but oh, I'm drinking dear. I'm drinking through a plastic cup. Oh. I'm, I'm like, which one has more plastic, the straw, or is it option A, the straw, or B, 
or C, both A and B are correct. You tell us. said that. She just walked out the other day of a restaurant. She said, I'm going to start choosing my restaurants based on the type of straw they give me. And she doesn't like the, the paper straw. Paper straws, just, go away. It disintegrates in your I mouth. I don't want no. a straw I can chew, uh, I, that, that chews me. I want a straw <laughs> I can chew. I do the chewing. It shouldn't yes. chew me. Yes, I, I chew it. It's left in my mouth. Yes. See this? I got. I went straight <laughs> metal now. I love you. Thank you, Derek Zimmerman. I love you, man. Someone stole my Buffalo Bills mug. So, so guess what? Here we are. Well, but um, that's really funny because I used to you, chew on my straws as a kid. Yeah. Like Six but, Flags, you'd get the the. I'd be all But day, that's the what whole plastic top. is for. You could pick your teeth. You could mm-hmm. put it between your teeth. Chop. Good luck with a with a regular straw. Now, look. As far as the fakeness and 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 being real is concerned, and Wendy will appreciate what I'm about to say next. Just. Do what you can with your with the limitations of your own humanity, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I do not want Bill Gates to lecture me on 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 the environment, on like take the train more, don't don't drive or whatever. When this dude's flying a private jet, mm-hmm. right? I don't want somebody um, or Dr. Fauci tell him telling me. That I should get like a vaccination and this and that when I'm an I'm a healthy person and an age, de- age different age demographic. Yep. This guy has been twice vaxxed, twice boosted, twice Paxlovid, and still got COVID. All right. So how many times? <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, so so I don't want Hollywood lecturing us on what's going on and with the planet and and saving the hungry and then the U word we're not supposed to talk about until maybe episode five or six. I don't wanna I mean there's a there's a lot of there's pretty much nothing off limits, but right now we're we're doing a good job being off limits talking about a certain topic that 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 we'll we'll tackle later when we have more more groundedness and, yeah. and tell everybody else to go kiss to kiss it. But I don't like Hollywood talking to us about lecturing us on stuff like that like ricky gervais said when you if you get in the word thank your agent thank your god and piss off <laughs> you know you are in no position these people that are lecturing us remember the the thing i, I that that monologue i did about they're fine yes. yeah i did a monologue called Legit. they're fine and I, I might do that for my i might do that for my next bit next week and it started with the story you told me <laughs> wendy because i'm talking too much wendy talk to me <laughs> Cause let's start this off. Let's let's hit it off. Cause you you're the one that introduced it with the story you yeah. told me. So tell the audience the story that you told me. Stanford game. Stanford was playing Long Beach Long State. Long Beach State at the pyramid last year. Yeah, it was just last year. Um, and you know they have the 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 like donor sponsor Long Beach community right. down there on the end. Everybody's like drinking beers, having like fun. a VIP like, se- like a VIP a section, time. right? VIP section. There you go. Have a great time. Whatever you did to get in there, no problem. We're sitting courtside behind the Stanford bench. Tony Rodriguez was with me. And, uh, I'm so glad the camera's not on me right now. A, there was a, a woman standing up. Every time every time out, she'd come up and she'd put her little tongue depressor with the index card that says masks up. And you had to put your mask because we're all cheering. You know, things are going down. Oh, I thought it was a ping pong paddle, but go ahead. No, Sorry. It was the tongue depressor <laughs> in the index card that said masks up. And then you look down there on the end in the VIP station, there's nobody 
telling them to put their masks up and they're high five and having a good time. Why can't we all be having a good time? Why are the rules one thing for us? And I mean, I'm a rule follower, so I don't like this feels very, oh shoot, I'm doing something wrong. Like, good God. Uh But I lost it over that. Like I started embarrassing my kids at the end. I'm like, I'm not going into the grocery store right now with my mask on. I don't want to. Yeah. Right. And there, and, and we really became this disjointed society because when you start making rules that don't apply to everybody, and that don't like you lose leadership when you make rules that don't make sense. Hey, it's not funny. What's well, it's not funny. Why am I laughing? It's not funny. This is serious. But it was just it was oh, in your face. You see it her was, frustrated. It's, it's funny. Not, it, it, <laughs> at least Kelly's here in spirit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I got to keep that woman's name out of my mouth. How many times did I mention on this podcast? Yeah, so that went to the, they're fine. Mm-hmm. Because the rules are different for an elite group of people, which, like I said, I don't care how you get in. I've been in VIP sections. It's fun. It's great. If you can get there, go for it. But the rules shouldn't be different. If everybody can get it, everybody needs to wear a mask, or everybody can't. All right. What are we talking about? Yeah. Um, Ashley, because I have a ton to say about this I, but don't want to hog no mic here <laughs> i mean i can't say how much i agree with with that because you know i mean and even as a as a coach you you, you wrestle sometimes with which rules you want to put in front of your team because you know that if you put rules in place and you don't execute them or have consequences right. for them they don't mean anything right so i'm a rule follower too growing up in my household and and it took me a long time to start to see that you know well depending on what perspective you're looking at some rules <laughs> are better left not a rule for starters some rules are are meant for other people more than others but that's inherently the problem right is that these these elitists make these rules for us to follow and they use fear tactics and mainstream media to make us feel a certain way and then we're like okay and and then we see people you know going out about their daily lives normal like getting haircuts having dinner parties and and maskless and again like if it's something that everybody's gonna do and it's for the greater good i can get on board with that for two or three weeks. But then when you start to see the data and the research and the hypocrisy, hmm. why why should I listen to what you're telling me to do, but you're not listening? There was We're a- doing it. Yeah, there was, um, <laughs> you know, I, I watched or I listened to uh, Candace Owens' podcast, Shot in the Dark. And one of the things she talks about was as she was growing up and she started to pay attention in her elite, in her elitist neighborhood, people weren't getting vaccines in her and she, so she looks around and she goes well if this is the stuff that's supposed to be the biggest the the most uh the most advanced healthcare, this is going to save us this and that she's like well why aren't the people in my neighborhood getting it yeah I, and that was the first red flag she started to and to me that's the thing like mm-hmm. okay if they don't have to do it why should i i th- yeah. now good I'm so glad you said that because, well, I want to say something about Candace Owens. Candace Owens, I think, is a highly intellectual person. And a lot of things she thinks she she says are well thought out. And the only thing I wish she would stop talking about is black people. Like, she Mm -hmm. says these things 
like white supremacy is not on like my top hundred list of problems. And and when she says that, you got this white population that acts like she's the spokesperson for black people everywhere just because she's black. Right. And that's the only problem I have with her. Yeah. Um, there, we have political ideologies, but yep. my, my problem is not her political ideologies because as, as righteous as I think my, my, mine are, I, maybe I'm not completely right either. So mm-hmm. you want someone on the other side of the aisle and you, you admire and respect right. someone like that because you can have a conversation and it gets heated and that's the kind of girl that'll have a drink with you later. Absolutely. She's not the one to be like, nope, I'm not, you know, you're not the right. type of person. I, no, Candace Owens is, is that, that type of person. Now, the whole time you were doing this, I was scrolling because I was actually looking for, for the whole thing because I did a whole um, oh, monologue uh, called They're Fine. Oh, okay. Uh, um, Your that, monologue? That started yes. with Wendy Jones. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there was this really cool line. And, and I said, the reason, Wendy, and I put you on the double screen here, the reason why that woman with the index card uh, card with the popsicle yeah. stick on it the reason why she didn't go to those people that vip section where they were drunk and red-faced and boiling and smiling and making out with each other and having a good time is because they would have told her where to stick that index card <laughs> on the whatever so so there's a group of people that that do that and try to execute these laws and commands because they if they think it's easier to prey on a, a population or demographic people that they they think might be the least resistant. Mm-hmm. And if they're the most resistant, like if you said something, it's easy for her to play the victim because she'll have someone to fall back on, right? That'll be come up to you and when you say, oh, you know you're wrong, right? But if she went up to those guys and they told her, hey, no, you screw you, Go, get out of here. I'm, I'm, this is vodka in here, bye, bitch, you know? Uh, um. <laughs> Like if she went to people and said, you're going to do something about them, they'd be like, nope. You know, so, so, and I think the message of the whole thing while I'm scrolling at the same time and trying to find this, um, stop listening to people who are trying to imp- um, apply these set of rules that we know in our heart of hearts that they're not going to follow ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about the data and mask and all that stuff and this and that. Let me tell you something, Ashley. You will know of a pandemic's for real when billionaires start doing it. Amen. <laughs> on a private jet, right? Yes. Billionaires are not wearing masks. Right? Yes, uh, pay attention. On a commercial li- liner, the wear the Bowl. mask, wear the mask. The Super Bowl. The only one that wearing that weren't wearing masks were the people that that were working there and the right. staff. LeBron right. James, Peasants. LeBron James out there dancing to Snoop right. and Dre. You know what I'm saying? Well, um, and those yeah. people were made to like to when you're worried about security and safety and issues of keeping a roof over your head and and feeding your family and you can't go to work, you get sick and you create an environment where you can't go to work. People are working from a fear-based mentality. Agreed. That are still wearing masks. Now, sometimes their employers are telling them because all these laws, but when you're working from a fear-based mentality, it is very easy to scare someone into submission to do something. Right. Well, and and that's I what he hit on, I think, yeah. with the path of least resistance, right? The people right. who are going to provide the, the least resistance are the people, you know, like the college students who were told that they can't go to school or can't play their sports unless yeah. they get vaccinated. Right. Okay. That's the only thing they have in their lives. At least most of them, that's the only important thing at yeah. le- that point. Right. Yeah, they have families and things like that, but... You take away their college and their sport and, and they go, well, who am I and what am I going to do now? Right. 
or yeah. the other population for me was the teachers. Like mm-hmm. I have a very close friend of mine who had to get the vaccine so that he could keep his job and his tenure and his retirement package that he's only seven years away from. Right. And for me, like you're threatening their livelihood exactly. so that they do something that really they don't want to do. So now when we're talking about America as a free country, well, not when you're forcing people Mm-mm. to take medical procedures. Right. Yeah. Of any kind. And here here are some of the examples I did. I, I went to. We talked about the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. There's maybe 7 to 10% of people who are wearing masks. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if 80, 80% of that 10% were the people that work there. You have people in these VIP booths. The Super Bowl tickets are what? Like $15,000 a piece, mm-hmm. even for the cheap seats. Are these people going to make them wear masks if they don't want to? No. Why? Because they're rich. And, and I said, look. Don't don't let's not have fights over them not wearing a mask. They're fine. We're not, don't fight over over rich people. Okay, it is the same way we treat people who are at the correspondence dinner. Mm-hmm. Now, educating the people on who the correspondence and I'm gonna put the camera on me. The correspondence dinner is basically this thing every year where like they get a comedian to like roast politicians mm-hmm. and, and oh. other and other journalists. Love so that. it's Classic. so it's so it's a room full of journalists. Fox News, CNN, everybody, yeah, and maybe some independent huge. media. It's They're awesome. all in the same room and they get to roast and certain media members get to roast the politicians. So here they are in a room and it's February or March 2021, right? We, my kid still has to wear a mask in school, <laughs> right? She, she's, and, and if you yeah, know, you know, right. if you know, and if you know the data about kids, yeah. it, the, the probability is so low of, of them no, and the having severe illness or death, they can't even be quantified the in the statistic. Losing, they're still, yeah. they're still no, but, wearing masks but, in their schools. But here you yeah. have kids that are the lowest risk that have to wear masks. But in this room, fat, old, um, obese, <laughs> um, comorbidity, immunocompromised. Like this, this room is filled with the poster poster children. For the immunocompromised. These are the people that should be wearing masks. These are the people that should be getting double vaxxed, triple vaxxed, triple paxed. <laughs> and here they are in the same room. No one's wearing a mask. No one's wearing a mask. Yeah. Now, I want you to do a head, a head call or like a roll call on who's in this room. Mm-hmm. You have unelected officials that are do- giving us suggestions on how to run our communities, lockdowns, and this and that. Suggestions, because that's because when everything goes wrong, we we didn't we didn't force anyone to do anything. It was just a suggestion. So, so we right. know who they are. They're in that room, right? And then you have the politicians who made those suggestions and made them policy, all in the same room. And and the headcount is the media who went on national TV and weaponized it, because because as I told you before, doctors under the Nuremberg Code can't make you take something or make you not take something it is it it is ethically wrong for them to coerce you into even in the not taking it much less taking not either way but the media there's they're they're not bound by that ethical obligation so (laughs) the guys who had the data supposedly the guys who made the data public policy and the media who shamed you into to into um not not abiding all in the same room no one's wearing a mask all of these, it's like a good old boys, like 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 Carlin said, it's a good old boys club and you're not in it. So I think the point I was trying to make was stop arguing about CNN. Stop arguing about Don Lemon and, and these guys. They're fine. Rachel Maddow gets paid $23,000 an episode. She's fine. Tucker Carlson is the most viewed show on, on all of uh, um, news. 
Yeah. Uh, no one's even close, nope. unless you consider Joe Rogan the news, and then that's a wrap. But <laughs> um, when Roe versus Wade got overturned, right? Many of us were devastated, right? It, we never thought in our lifetime we would see that. And some, no matter what side of the argument on it, uh, you're on in this, I will pose this question that no one can disagree with. If a millionaire wants to have an abortion, does it matter what the law is? No. No. If these, first of all, these politicians are so old, having babies is a non-issue to them. And if, they're, and if they're young enough, they'll get their abortion. Yeah. So the people that were for this, that are standing there saying, oh, well, all life is precious. Let me tell you something. It doesn't apply to them because if they want one, they'll get one. Stop fighting over these people. They're fine. They're fine. I went too far. I know this is a podcast and we're supposed to all talk together, but this is uh, something I might want to do for my radar either next week or the week after. AOC, right? She supported the mask mandate, uh, uh, but when she wanted her freedom, she flew to the place where they didn't right. have it, Florida with her boyfriend, chilling, yeah. taking pictures. She's fine. Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz talking about, every, you know, he's, he's through and through. He cares about Texans. But when the power went out, he took his family. He went to Mexico telling everybody else, hang in there. Don't fight over Ted Cruz. He's fine. This video is never going to get this. This video is never going to get shared. This video is never going to get out. I think I ruined it for everybody. Well, you and know? on the flip side. So, yeah, the elitists are fine. Well, what about the people that aren't fine? What about the people like us? What about our kids? I still pick up a child from school sometimes and she comes out and she's wearing a mask on her face. And I go, oh, is someone sick in your classroom? She goes, no, I had a stomach ache. So they put a mask on me. I'm like, take it off your face. You don't need right it now. anymore. No. Like, as we're walking out the door, take it off. And she goes, okay. Mm -hmm. For <laughs> YouTube purposes, the vaccine works fine. It helps prevent transmission. And it's and it's safe and effective for everybody. So I have to make sure that YouTube takes, says that because I don't want this taken down. But, you know, the, our opinions are our own, but we know what the right thing is. Um, oh, <laughs> with a constitutional wink. Uh, um, no, but you're, you are right. Listen, the solution is this beverly hills said that they were not regardless of what politician uh, made policy about masking and indoor masking the law enforcement in beverly hills said they were not going to enforce it yeah. we can we i know people are thinking that beverly hills get to do it because they're rich but those guys those sons of bitches they can't do that yes we can Get to, that's the solution is organize and say if you want us to do this this is going to have to be military force this is going to have to be you're going to have to you're going to have to you're going to have to take your totalitarian nature and you're going to have to do it more, more notoriously than what you're doing right yeah, now and then we're just we're, we're backing out of what everything that america is which is what we've been doing since but that the world and needs to show in that. full display if 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 what's going on was what we think was going on they're gonna have to do it they're gonna have to do it physically they're already doing it on social network i don't even think this video is even gonna make it out i don't even think this episode's even gonna make it out except spotify was in sweden you know uh, yeah. um no. thank you spotify yeah uh, no. um but if we do that we we expose because sooner or later they have to come out they have to come out harder if we if we resist and if yes we, you know they're the ones that have to, and the way for them to come out harder exposes actually who who's behind all this well but how but how do how do we resist the best way for us to resist is to come together and in order yeah. for us to come together we have to find common ground yeah. so i mean even as 
even as the tragedy from, I mean, we were just talking about this yes, mm-hmm. last night or this morning, but like the tragedy that happened in Nashville to yesterday's news cycle with Trump being indicted, like right. already within four days, they're taking a topic that we could potentially have come together on and unified and they're flipping it to the orange man who everybody everybody has a polarized opinion right. on him whether you like him or you don't it's polarized right, right? well share well elon musk is the start elon musk has actually made a, a media outlet that allows people to express their opinions and when these opinions are generated by a place of truth and as they continue to grow and become more popular um people will go less to to what they're spending their cable bill on right like mm-hmm. if you go on the hill rising politically pretty politically neutral i mean they there's some things they won't talk about because they they need to save their channel too just like i'm not talking about mm-hmm. certain things right uh, sometimes we got a jimmy door who's actually gotten demonetized but still getting the viewership because it's too late mm-hmm. um he's one of the most judgmental pricks in the entire world but you need someone in in your life like that that's always that's yeah. you know that's like you got a 3.9 you didn't get a 4.0 you know you need someone you need a really cool jewish guy like him that that understands that redemption doesn't always work guilt does mm-hmm. right so um but that's how it starts um second after that level of free speech starts to get bigger, we start voting differently. You're going to start having candidates run that they might be part of a political party, but on a smaller scale, they have constituents they need, they, they want to answer to. You know, we can't control who becomes president in 2024. Does everybody agree it's going to be Trump or, or, or Biden? Mm-hmm. Right. Isn't, isn't that embarrassing? That out of all the brilliant minds we have in this world, we have one guy that might send us back to the Middle Age and the second guy won't even remember who he's running against. So, uh, <laughs> but that's who we got. Yeah. That's who we got. Unfortunately, and, and now, guess what? There's going to be arguments about picking a... Do you understand what I'm saying about they're fine? Yes. A year from now, you're going to lose friends and family members arguing over those two guys. Trump and Biden? Yes. Yeah. We're gonna be, we're gonna literally be fighting uh, about that. And if he doesn't win, it's rigged. This guy, you know, is he gonna? This one, is he gonna make it to 2024? You know, I think Trump is. I think Trump is. He's on the drugs. He's on the sauce, man. I whatever, saw... dude. That dude, whatever they pumped into his system, to the, he, he's dosed up to the eyeballs in it. I... And I think he, could, I think he could, he could beat so, the Secret Service in a two-mile run. <laughs> Uh, well, I read somewhere that him being indicted is a is kind of a, a segue into him potentially being able to run and win right. the election in 2024. How much truth and clout there is in that, I don't know. Um, but, I, you know, they, I, they've not to, let I'd him like go. I'd like to do some research. We, we're going to put that on our uh, – we need to have um, get our lawyer guy and talk about – I want our lawyer guy to talk about what's legal as far as procedure and this and that first. Mm-hmm. This way we can speculate where we go beyond that because it is my belief that what they're actually charging him with um, exceeds the statute of limitations. It it's does. already it's already too late. So except so, except so for in a legal they made arena, it a, a federal, federal crime. crime. Yeah, I, I do, when yeah. did they make it a federal crime though? Yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> when they took when they gave it to the grand jury, I believe. But his it crime was, it did exceed. But the his crime is grandfathered though. Yeah, you can. I, Right, like if it was legal to kill someone ten years ago, and if you make a you make murder illegal now, you can't go back and 
and prosecute me for something that happened before that law was instilled. You can't prosecute me for owning slaves, <laughs> you know, before before 1964. Yeah. Right. Um, maybe get maybe hit me up with some money. Uh, you know, a judge will let that pass summary judgment and a jury will give mm-hmm. someone a big chunk, the big chunk they deserve. Um, right. So, yeah. So I, I understand there's a legal arena, but there's also a moral arena. They're trying to taint. They're trying to change from Trump. They're trying to get him to lose the evangelicals about well, his whole adultery me, thing. Though. You have got to be mm-hmm. kidding me if we think this is the first man in power that's had a problem with giving close. We're going to look at for the words. Money. I know, this is a tough topic. I, oh, I'm ready. But here's the deal. Mom is trying to keep it clean. Keep it clean, Mama Bear. is not the first time that a man with a great deal of power has objectified a woman, has had an affair when he's married, has paid hush money. Like, this is, yes, it's a moral issue, but it's It's just, not Trump's moral it's issue. It's not Ashley, Trump's moral issue. Say that in plain, say that in your words. Um, well, we, we were we were talking this morning about it. Okay, he, Trump is not the first person to be accused or found guilty of paying somebody money for sex, attention, dates, or anything else along those lines. I can name three television television shows: House of Cards, Scandal, and Madame Secretary. All shows that have to do with covering up shit that politicians, government officials, and the like are guilty of, okay? And so my question is, or my statement is, okay, Trump's guilty. All right, cool. Who else is guilty? Where's the rest of the truth? Where's Biden's dirt? Where is so-and-so's, like, it doesn't really matter who it is. They've all, they've all got dirt. And I am, I remember when Biden took office in, it was 2020, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He took office in 2020, and I remember posting and asking this question, like, I wonder how long it's going to take for people to drop Trump out of out of the headlines. Three years later, he's still in the headlines. Yeah. Because things are still his fault for things seven years ago. Why? Like, it's... Yeah. Well, ugh. they need their viewership, and Trump is their cash cow. All right? Trump is so much <laughs> of a cash cow that... He didn't even spend a lot of money when he got elected in 2016. CNN was talking about him for free. You know what I'm saying? MSNBC Mm -hmm. was talking about him for free. He doesn't need to do slogans and ads. He basically planted the seed in everybody's head saying, this is what these people are going to say about me in the next few months. And when they started saying those things about him in the next few months, all of his followers were like, he's right, and we're voting for him. Um, Dave Chappelle said it on Saturday Night Live. There was a level of candidness that came from his immoral mm-hmm, right. behavior that people didn't like. But at the same time, it's like, wow, OK, at least we got this guy coming up front. I want to cite as a pretext. I didn't vote for Trump. And I don't even I personally and professionally don't even like the guy. But but we're talking about critical thinking skills. We're talking about calling things what they are. Right. right. This is yeah. what we're talking about here. Yeah. And for <clears> me, <throat> it's it's separating. Sometimes you have to separate things that are dark in someone's closet, like to a certain extent, right? Like he's not molesting or, you know, doing bad things to children. That to me is a line that you don't cross. No nuzzling. But everybody has something going on behind closed doors and you should separate that at times for the greater good. So where we're at right now in our culture and our country, like... We can't go on the way that we are. That's all I'm saying. I don't think Trump's the for sure answer, 
but no. it's he's not not the answer because he had an affair with well this whoever. Is, you're but you're historically correct right like wasn't when this whole thing happened with bill clinton and like him getting his little pp sucked on by monica Lewinsky, right <laughs> um weren't everybody particularly from the left saying what does that have to do with his job his ability to do yes. his job, right? Was that not the rationalization? And the question is, and it's so un awkward and uncomfortable to defend Trump on this one, but how is that rationalization with Bill Clinton different from what Trump Trump was? Why, if you want to defeat the guy, why don't you defeat the guy on the issues? The man, mm -hmm. the man helps start a false flag operation in Syria, right? Saying Assad bombed his own people, aghast his own people, and now. Um, uh, there's a project, like there's a wellness project, a uh, non-governmental organization, I forgot what it was called, confirmed that, that it never happened. The they had toxicology reports. They were actually there on the scene, and then they went back and said that that never happened. So now we're occupying a third of Syria. We, we dropped so many bombs on Syria, we ran out of bombs. <laughs> okay, but And that was Trump. So why not get him on that right. instead of something that makes the left look like hypocrites, right? Yeah. Well, they're fine, don't you know? They're fine. <laughs> Yeah. So they can be hypocrites and, yeah. and whatever. There is an undercurrent of money <laughs> on both sides of the aisle that is <laughs> stopping real information from getting but here's, out there. But here's the difference. It. Here's the difference. Bill Clinton will go on TV and bang his fist saying, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. That's the kind of guy Bill was as a politician and his followers said he's okay. One of the brightest human beings you'll mm -hmm. ever meet in your life. Uh, he was at the Waldorf Astoria one time and he has this bright light behind mm -hmm. him. And if you've ever met him in person, his light is so bright when he moves. People like mm -hmm. pigeons to bread move with yeah. him. He, it is just... It, it, the, talk charisma, about like people who are larger than life characters. to the nth yeah. degree. Um, so that's Bill. Yeah. I did not have sexual relations, blah, right. blah, blah. Trump is the kind of guy that, that'll be like, I didn't sleep with her. We were up all night long. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> sleep. Sleep is not the word I want to use. We were up all night long. And people see that and they respect that. And it's just about choosing your, it's just about choosing, uh, um, picking your poison. But right. I think, Wendy, I want to give you the floor, but I think where his star was born, Chappelle said this best. The first debate he had with Hillary Clinton, they were, she was like, well, you found a way around not paying your taxes. And he said, I, that's because I'm smart. <laughs> and we were like, oh, sugar he just said that he he didn't deny or didn't try to deflect i did that because i'm smart uh the other thing they said about him was when he was saying the system's rigged and they said do you have evidence and he says he says my evidence is i use the system all the time to rig it i'm part of this the rig system and he's that that was his evidence and these are brave honest things and the last thing was she was like he took advantage of a, a, a loophole and he doesn't pay any taxes and this and that and he's like he says, you were senator for years, and that same loophole was there for you to vote against or vote for, and you never voted against it. And you know why? You never voted against it because you enjoy the same loophole, and, and, mm -hmm. your, and the people that, that, that elected you it all enjoy the same loophole that I do. So if you got rid of it for me, you'd have to get rid of it for everybody else. And when he said that, a star was born. And before you go, I'm just going to reiterate my personal preference is I would rather know the devil. I would rather know the truth and take it at face value 
than have people in power that are scheming behind closed doors and telling lies and all of these things. Yeah, it took a few years for it to be uncovered because yep. everybody covers those things up. Right. But I would rather know the truth. Mm -hmm. And hopefully there's some, you know, apology and some remorse that comes with some of this at, at some level, right? Maybe. Like yeah, maybe apology. Right. For lying yeah. for so long, maybe not for the actual act or whatever, but sorry for the it caused my what it caused my wife, you know, or you know, the country or whatever, but to me I'd rather know the truth than not the truth. Oh, always. Wendy? Well, I, I, what I'm sitting here thinking is when your ego and your intelligence is greater than your integrity, we're all screwed. And that's yeah. what we mm. have in power. I'll go it's hard simpler. to find somebody that doesn't have, that has a sense of integrity to do what's right. Because you put yourself in that position. It used to be a position of service. Now it's a position of entitlement and how do I keep my power? Mm -hmm. uh, an elected king instead of a servant of the people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, me for starters, I just want a president that doesn't sexually assault. Give me a guy in there. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. Rape. Wouldn't I just, that be I just great? want someone that doesn't rape. All right. I mean, you know, Biden with with what's going on, like the Democrats saying, "Oh, that woman made it up." Trump and everybody, "Oh, that's made up." Oh, that woman's this and that. And, dude, you you can't say always believe the woman with one instance and say don't believe that woman for the other. The hypocrisy. Nope. I want consistency on both ends. As far as like what you said, if you want to consider this a moral arena. So it's got to work both ways. And if you just want to say, forget morality, consider this a political arena, then let's talk about politics. Let's talk about let's 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 but talk about not. policy. Let's talk about the things that affect our everyday yes. lives. This this guy paying Stormy Daniels doesn't affect my life. Monica Lewinsky, like Bill Bill Clinton. I don't know if that was like a power play, like she felt like she had to do that or whatever. That's not my concern, you know. That's not my concern. And and certainly it didn't affect the way he did his job, right? He left he left with a surplus. So so and right, whatever Trump Trump Trump's personal history was didn't affect his policy. True. No. Lobbyists did. Lobbyists did. I mean I, I'm, at least with him, like you said, you saw it, you see kind of see it coming a mile away. And you're like, all right. That's, I don't that's like what the I mean. argument anymore though that the world has gotten so bad that you have to have a certain this massive ego right to exist and and create change and stand up to bad guys and do the right thing it it, it didn't i'm starting to sound so old it didn't used to be that way <laughs> like why do we have to have a guy that just doesn't like to get along with people like he has to be this brash like maybe why is it that way I don't know. It's, because but, that's the argument. But that's not an old school thing, Wendy. Like, if you look in the history of man, yeah, the greatest the greatest minds were douchebags. <laughs> King David had so many wives, right? Like, um, Steve Jobs. Don't even get me started. The uh, uh, Bill Gates, the Mike, our Microsoft guy. Like these things enhanced our quality of lives. Uh, Bill Clinton with his controversy, right? All like. I, you know you but we're hitting a declining place in our society where right. something's got to change well where you know, the whole individual where the full person where mm -hmm. how you integrate who you are and what you do right makes is going to make so much more difference if we're going the right direction mm -hmm. otherwise we're going to hell in a handbag how about this person's a good guy right like the here's what the difference in the past where we grew up my dad's an iron worker right mm -hmm. I can look, everyone can look at him and say, that guy's a good dude. 
No one made this a logical leap that he's a great dude. No one made this leap that he goes to church every Sunday. No one's like this. He's this born-again Christian ministering to people in his spare time. And, and, and in our day, growing up, being a good guy was good enough. Right? Yeah. And when you have these politicians, and if you're, 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 you're the oppositional party, what you, you spend a lot of time doing, thanks to the media, is looking for that person's worst moment. Mm-hmm. It's very, very easy to take someone's worst moment, go in the past, and it's easy to find it. Yep. And to take these worst moments, put them all together, put them in a big sandwich, right? And then say, that's who that person is. Like all the other good stuff, all the other good stuff, right? right. Forget it, throw it out. I can, I can sit here as a Trump hater and say Trump's done some good things. Yeah. Right. I could I, I could come here and say Biden actually tried to arrange a, a like the Minsk agreement and all that stuff and this and that. So so I mean, I could say good things about good people. And Wendy, I think the difference is the glass half full fo- um, philosophy has now turned into a bandwagon fallacy. Mm. A premise is popular. Therefore, it's correct. Yeah. You know, uh, um, a straw. Sorry, straw man fallacy. You take these one this one thing about someone yeah, no, and, and nobody, use that to represent as a whole. Right. So I'm trans I'm educating people on translations well, on, on meanings here. And <laughs> and where you're nobody is the totality of their worst moment of your, of their lives is what you're saying. Right. And are can we even find what the stories that are getting out there, they're not even they're not equal. There's a certain narrative being pushed. Every which way. Okay. Like the Twitter files, without the Twitter files, we would not know that. They would be called they conspiracy nuts. They would still nuts. be calling us conspiracy nuts. And and that story is still getting hated on and buried. And it's hasn't hit. It hasn't hit in one no, major news outlet yet. It's insane. Yeah. And what and what and like I said, it's the it's gift. The that, it's the fourth branch of government. On, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's the fourth branch of government. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The narrative is coming out and it is not being told. So now oh. I just got us kicked off. That's okay. <laughs> no, you need, no, we have. We're gonna have our we're own media. No, but we're all gonna have our own media thing for this. This is the option podcast, and our option is to talk about these things, mm-hmm. right? Option doesn't just mean hit hit on two in volleyball, and you know, I mean, it's weird because all of my this is this is designed originally yeah. just for volleyball guests. So, sorry guys. <laughs> yeah, you can't. I, always, I always knew where you were gonna head. No. I always knew where that you were going. That was my agenda. That was yeah. good. No. I, well, I think people should find a way to to clean the sports, right? Uh, look, I have friends, like I'm pretty sure Ken Steffes leans right, right? There's a lot about him that says righty, yeah. you know? Um, I met Ken Steffes at the Republican I'm, convention. But I'm centrist left. <laughs> I'm centrist left, right? Yeah. We can have a, we can have a drink. <laughs> Right, uh, um, Jason Olive. Jason Olive, who's yeah. my program director, was a big Obama head until found out everyone were being spied on by our government. He doesn't like that stuff, mm-hmm. right? He, you know, there was, you know, this whole thing with um, when COVID hit. He, he's, he's. Everyone thought he went against his party. He was an independent. He just he took an oath to the office of self honesty. Mm-hmm. How's that? He took an oath to the office of self honesty. And, and and I don't know. Maybe that's where I was going with this. Um, I don't know how soon we got to wrap up, but I know you guys have to be hungry. Um, but I did want to make sure we did a little sixty-second lightning round with just the two of you. I'm asking you quick questions. You got to give me quick one-word answers. Oh, one-word answers? Well, no. Like, Four for example, words? best book you read is not going to be one word, right? It's okay. not. I okay. mean, for me, it's unbroken. That's okay. one word, okay. right? Okay. Or it might be um, scars and stripes. Did you read that yet? 
Yes, I love that book. That's awesome. It's yeah. Tim Kennedy. Where is it? That's I'll a give good it. book. There it is. You got, wow, on her left shoulder, you got hate ink. And on the right side, you got scars and stripes. <laughs> so we poured through a lot of stuff and we can go through a ton more. I, I mean, it's just, this is just all interesting stuff. It's thought provoking and very consistent with what we're trying to do with this podcast yeah. is look, uh, um, I, I drew my own conclusions a lot in this thing, but that's what this podcast is for. Yeah. Our podcast is is yeah. Let, let you know let 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 the audience yeah. ask um answer some ask questions too and and have all of us. This is what we do. All of us collectively are answering these questions together. Mm-hmm. So let's see if I can pull up the actual topics. Man, that was a long monologue. Look at that. <laughs> there it oh, is. Jay. All right. Uh, I have a few of my own, but I have, this gets me started. So we got the one minute time clock. Oh, jeez. I'm not going to be good at this. Uh-huh. She's going to suck. All right. There's Wendy. There's Ashley. We're here. And I'm going to you and you. I'm not going to do this because I already made enough of this about me. So this is just you two. Okay. Okay. All right. Favorite comedian. Go. Chappelle. Um, Dane Cook. Last good book you read? The Art of Grace. The Great Alone. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Marvel. Pool or beach? Oh, that's a hard one for me. Both. (laughs) Mm, Probably the pool. Wow. Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Jesus Christ. Bourbon, vodka, or tequila? Bourbon. Vodka. Yes. <laughs> Favorite sport outside of volleyball? March. To watch or play? Spectate. March Madness. Football. Football. Or baseball. Favorite action film star growing up? Action. Action. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yes. <laughs> My mind went to the Karate Kid. So. Oh, the Karate Kid? <laughs> Wax on? Wax off. <laughs> Oh, do you, is action you, film star though? Oh God, I don't know. I or guess Denzel, for me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man on fire. Oof. Yeah, legit. Is, do you have an old phone or a new one? <laughs> oh, I have. I old. And you? New. <laughs> <laughs> do you have an old Mac or a new one? Old. New. Curse <laughs> of my boss. <laughs> They don't let me use my computer for my podcast. They they give me something else. Any fun conspiracy rabbit holes? Um, this one, mm. I'll give you an example. I'll lead first. Like the JFK assassination. Mm. Like, I'm one of those people, like, I'm not saying CIA or any of this ridiculous stuff. Um, I just don't think that he made the shot. I don't think he acted alone. I don't think he made the shot. That's my conspiracy rabbit hole. Another example would be maybe the 2000 election or I don't know. Uh, for me, the rabbit, seven. <laughs> the rabbit hole that I think is really interesting to go down is the question of like, did our education system start to be manipulated and set into the ground with the introduction of the U.S. Department of Education in the 70s? Wow. Wendy? That's a big one. Um, be- Wendy, keep make a mental note. I want to give you a very interesting fact. Like Bernie Sanders was promising free public college education for uh-huh. people if he got elected. In the 70s, all, at least up to 79, CD universities were free. Oh, 
education mm. you didn't have to pay for it they were free mm. city college ccny you're talking about march madness they're mm. the only college to win the nit and the ncaa mm. the same year That's 1951 sweet. and it was free free education back then so free so colleges were uh, were you know so everyone's talking about oh i can wait tables and do that like these old farts yeah it's easy to go to college i mean that's not the same now because even yeah. city universities even for city residents cost a lot of money but it was free mm. back then interesting stat because like you said for me it's like no, the cause, but the timeline the there has there has to be maybe we do some research there has to be some yes. cross correlation where yeah. there's two well, facts and then you led me that led me to higher education yeah because if you look at what's going on in the university system across this country yeah um it's not good well when you think about that rabbit hole like yeah. education from elementary all the way through secondary post-secondary like that is a way to meld minds right so where how do you want to meld them or mold them is the mm -hmm. is the question right yep. and you know and when we'll leave it as a question isn't it interesting that when we grew up you didn't need a college degree to support your family and support yourself and then somewhere in the 90s and early 2000s like um, when you had to apply for everything online, no one would hire you without a BA or BS. But now it seems like we're devolving back into, not devolving because that's a well, negative and difference. I, that, but like, uh, yeah, go ahead, Wendy. I think that has something to do with what's going on. The, 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 the university system has become so elitist right? that you, and you're graduating with huge bills and the job market doesn't require Right. right. We have kids with way more creative. We can learn anything. Everything we want to learn is at our fingertips. So you have a lot of creative kids. And if you have people that are drawing that creativity out of them and showing them how to connect their passion with their purpose, they don't necessarily need to go to college, especially if you're just going to go and have to think one thing to get a good grade on a paper. So, <laughs> so is it your assertion that like maybe some of these positions that originally required a college degree just say, don't, don't, let them train in, in vocational credits for this and this and that. I think I think you're on to something. I think it also solves like the student loan debt problem too. Mm -hmm. Like the reason why there's so much student loan debt is because these people think they have to go to college to be a bill coder, mm -hmm. a medical billing coder, right? right? But what does that pay? Not right? enough to pay off your loan. Right. So that's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. I don't think that they should have positions that require a degree when the money for those positions are not enough to pay off a loan. Medical school, we, we get that. Dental, I mean, dental, we get that. And, that. and even that shouldn't even be be that much. That That's ridiculous. I know private universities get to do whatever they want, but I think the bigger so future solution, I mean, present tense, I mean, we got a lot of work to, to do to help people so now who are getting I hammered. But, but for future tense... How about like have a bill encoder or an administrative assistant or a hospital administration? I think I don't think that someone that can run a department in a hospital should have to have a master's degree for that. I don't think you should have, be, have to be a head coach of a collegiate NCAA program to have a she should have a master's degree for that. I think a BRBS at a minimum should be enough for that. And there's some people out there who are three times a coach and those people that have no degree, right? Mm -hmm, right. So you, you know, like Mario Trebich, my mentor, um, he was the Olympic the assistant coach for the women's team in '84 the assistant coach for the Soviet Union men in 88, uh, and head coach of the Netherlands in 92 and 96. He's, he has three silvers and a gold. I don't even know if that guy even went to college. Bill Gates never even finished college. Well, a lot of minds are not meant to learn the way that our education system right. is set up. So yeah. <laughs> Look at LeBron Let James. Free. 
Yeah. LeBron them, James is like, you ain't getting my money, NCAA. You well, know, I, I watch a, March Madness, but you ain't getting a penny of money. You ain't profiting off, off of my likeness. <laughs> Sorry. That's part of it, though. Mm. You have people's minds with creativity that want to be free, and you put them into an education system where you make them believe that they need this to survive and to be able to make their money and keep a roof over their head. Well, in actuality, they're just stifling that person. Like, I found more freedom in every single area outside of what I studied. I mean, mm-hmm. I went to school to be a teacher, and I have a, a master's in coaching and athletic administration. And those things are helpful in that I feel like I'm better equipped in my human relationships. I'm right. better equipped in emotional responses. Um, you know, I have... A, more knowledge base than most than you know your average coach on how to wrap an ankle or do a gamer's thumb or whatever but so but you can learn that nowadays on on google or youtube or the person next to you may know more than you like to me it's about having the creativity and the mindset to go find the information you need to survive in your life based on what, what you're doing I think also, I mean, at some point, you just got to give people who are putting in their work a chance. Just give them a chance. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, like, mm-hmm. I could use myself as an example. Like, I'm, I, when I moved here, I knew I had to start over, right? So what did I do when I moved here? I bought a camera, and I went to all the games and put them on YouTube and just mm-hmm. did, I did color commentary like a director's cut, like, like whatever. And that's what got me noticed. I got me noticed by Casey Jennings. Mm-hmm. Casey Jennings meets, introduce it. We don't even know each other if yeah. I don't buy that camera because I don't know Casey Jennings and Henson. I don't know you. Mm-hmm. But you know what happens? Like when it comes to you paying your dues and starting over and doing those things and when it's time for you to get yours, those same people but on the other end of the door is like, why would I give this position to a guy that was holding the camera? And I'm mm. like, but you're the same person that says I have to pay dues all over again, right? So it's a catch-22. It's like, why would I give all this money or this position and this responsibility to someone that did that? And I, and my answer is because that person did that to get to this. Why? And and for the people who are hiring, the people that want that are in a position to give other people opportunities, and this I guess this is maybe really code for me speaking about the AVP uh, and my and my you know my situation with him a couple of years ago that leads to me just saying forget about mm-hmm. it. I'm, like I'm not, I'm I'm Good I'm not you, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that no more. I can't. No, nah, I mean, no. So, but I, I guess the point I was trying to make was, you had. A master's degree in coaching and administration. That's something that can easily be taught outside of the master's degree. But, 100%. but, but, why not? Why not give someone a chance? Why not? Why does it just have to be a graduate assistant? Why? Why? You got people out there. Man, you got people out there just keeping their nose in the work, right? My dad was an iron worker all his life, you know. But he already told himself that was it, you know. And as soon as he wanted more, that's when when things went south. He was an iron worker. And then what happened was he had an opportunity to, he worked for Vertrod in Brooklyn. He was the only welder there, but American Iron Works, um, the locksmiths, American mm-hmm. locksmiths. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had four departments, uh, glass work, carpentry, um, iron work, and the, there was a fourth one, um, glass, carpentry, iron work, locksmiths, okay. right? <laughs> so he... Took a chance because he thought he deserved more. He thought he paid his dues. And, and some maybe you got a bug in your stomach, right? Um, and it started when my mom made him take his test for his GED. And he got like every question right except six. six. He missed six answers out of 300. 
you know. And then all of a sudden, this 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 these neurons started firing up, and he knew that he can take what he has and whatever. So he took a chance with American Ironworks, and he became their foreman, mm-hmm. right? And then a couple of years later, they got rid of the whole department, mm-hmm. including him. So so there's little regret from him doing that because he took a chance. But um, and I totally lost what I was saying. So maybe I'll just let this story float in the outer space. But but just an interesting story that, you know, give 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 a guy like that a chance. A guy who's done ironwork his whole life, he can do more. He can teach people how to do it. He can he can relate to to you know yeah. to structure structural engineers or like maybe Central Park wants, wants those little gates around the trees. You know, hey, I know how to do that. I'm the you know, give someone like that that actually yeah. Don't just say that guy's only a welder and that and that's how so he's going to die. I have a question die. for you. I'm and, still straight. I'm not gay. And maybe, and maybe it will help save the conversation. If you are an employer in that kind of situation or somebody to give somebody an opportunity, what are you looking for? What attributes, characteristic, personality traits are you looking for to take chances on those people? Be- because if you don't have training right. or you don't have a background in that expertise, right. what makes you want to take a chance on that person versus the person that can hand you a resume with every all the background that you've asked for? That's a great question. And it's the combination of two things. One, the, the things commensurate with their experience that actually gets them into the interview door. And two, when you're interviewing person, a, a person, talk to them. Like some of the best bosses, employers out there are the ones that are like, you know what? Um, this person isn't as qualified as the other person, this and that, but I talk to this person. I believe in this person. I see the fire in his eyes. So there's nothing like being in a room with someone and talking to someone that's gotten completely lost because th- those people don't get into the room unless their resume has the right keywords. So, right. so there's, and, and what happens, you that's start, me. you start hiring, no, but you start hiring people that are, that are not as qualified and, if, and you wonder why your product is diluted and you wonder why your product is good, but it, and it could be great. What's in a way, what's in a way is, is the, is, is the internet that is designed to bring all of us together that has created this big wall. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I worked at a cardiology practice. Do you know I got hired from that, on that job? I came in there and I, she said I had eyes like Paul Newman. <laughs> and I went in there, and when she heard me speak, there was nothing I could say in that room was wrong. That that was wrong. Uh, um, and but that's I mean that's I'm not that's not a complete. That's almost a non sequitur to the argument I'm making right now. But the point is being in the room, 32 resumes, right? Just to be a file clerk for for the doctor or the stars, you know. There are people on, that have on their resume they're in school studying something associated with the medical laboratory sciences. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, my major was accounting. <laughs> I took principles one and dropped out of school. Right. <laughs> so, so, you know, my mom went to Fordham Law School. Her major's, major was sociology. So, but in the interview process, you see this woman, you see the handbag, you see maybe, you know, you know she's got kids. I'm like, wait, that woman's single? And she looks young and strong and she's doing that? What can she do for my company to that? Right. You know what I'm saying? That this is my, my positivity with the AVP. Right? You you just gave an example of why what's you know, why not hire the guy that won the gold medal as a player? 
right? Why not hire the person who coached there? Why not hire the t- South Bay product who, who's someone who has a, a, a pattern of being reliable, but then maybe not necessarily taking everybody to the next level? Right. How about have someone in the room? Because that's the only thing I got on my side in this argument. Everything else is you're right on the logic, you're right on the sense, but you're wrong on the person. And the only argument I have to support that is having that person in the room and ask yourself the question, the honest question. Resumes here, whoosh. Can he do the fucking job or not? Look at that man in his eyes. And there's, there's an intuition that goes beyond logic and sense. Well, that's right. And I and I agree with you. Like I would wait way rather sit in a in a room and have a conversation. I mean, I've been in a manager position for a job at you know Jamba Juice when I was younger. Literally, when I was in my early twenties. Do you see how this, Do you see how we referred to this girl for advice? And I would do interviews, and I I love that piece of that job because you can ask people questions that they don't even know are coming but you're going to be able to tell whether they can do the job or not. Can they make sure that the things get done the right time frame, this and that and the other? So I, I pretty much asked that question just to for the audience out there. If you're looking at you know, somebody's resume versus somebody who maybe doesn't have the same expertise or background, but you feel like talking to them, they can get the job done and they're going to be a better asset, not just for the job, but for the company as a whole right then they're they're the clear choice i mean i i am that same kind of person you put my stuff on a resume i've done a lot of different stuff education sports office managing electrical contracting solar like babysitting dishes all of the thing gift wrapping okay Mm -hmm. right it's really hard for me to put all of to summarize all of my experience and life lessons in one place but you on, put me on in one a room, page yeah <laughs> you put me in a room and i will nail the interview right i will make you think and know that i'm the best person for that job because i can answer the questions appropriately and in a in a position that you know makes you want to invest in me yeah and when did you see the importance of that like um like I, again i worked in a cardiology practice for 17 years but if i were to decide i wanted something more like uh like work in the billing department they're more willing to hire the person who has less experience than me that but went to st john's university that's wrong that yes that's wrong too that's that's wrong you know someone that's actually worked in at affiliated with the university that has all experience and i'm telling you i'm only i'm defending these people because these are the people who deserve at least the opportunity to be listened to they're not even getting in the room my office manager you know should have been she should have been heading up the department of cardiology but she's latino she only had her two-year degree this person comes in out of nowhere there the, right now cornell is hiring people to be managers instead of promoting from within you know what I'm saying? And I understand the, 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 the ability to bring someone that you know is really good. But what the, what the hell? Wendy, Wendy, this is part of the, of, of the humanity thing you're talking about. Yeah. You know? You, you, and we all raised three different questions from different, three different departments. Are they qual- You're like, are they qualified? Me, are, a qualifier is not, qualifications notwithstanding, can they do the job or not? Mm-hmm. Right? And, I, and I'm, I only mention the Olympic gold medal things because there's so many people that have more experience than me. But, but be honest. Be, I'm not, fuck it. I'm here. I'm, I'll just call out names. Who's a better color commentator, me or Rich Lamborn? It's me. You. Who's a better color commentator, me or Dane Blanton? It's me. Who's a better color commentator between me, Kevin Barnett, and Cameron Irwin? That's an unfair fight. It's me. 
you know? And this is going to stay on the podcast. I'm running out of time. I'm on two hours and 24 minutes, and I got this on at the tail end, and I got a whole nother cartridge I'm going to put in so we can we can wrap, <laughs> wrap up the end of this. But this is coming from an emotionally heightened place, you know what I'm saying? And maybe I'm saying this for personal reasons, but so what? That's not a separate thing. It's connected to every human being. My story and what I'm telling you is an example that's relatable to what you've gone through in your life, what you are going through in your life, and everybody listening could be going through or has gone through. That's all I wanted to say about that. Well, yeah. I think think you're sitting here with three people that have never really belonged to the cool kid crowd, and you get to a certain point in life and you're okay with it. Yeah. Like, I can take me all the way back to preschool. I've Amen. been an outsider my whole life. I don't mind it anymore. I think different. and But the, the truth is that, like, if you care, at, over, the, over your lifetime, if you are a person who cares and who cares equally about all people, mm-hmm. you rise. Right. You create relationships that matter. All the other cool kid stuff doesn't matter. I tell my kids that all the time. Do not worry about who's cool. Don't worry about belonging to... I know you want to belong. That is an absolute human need, desire, want, whatever you want to call it. We want to be connected to each other. But you don't sell out to belong to something. You be who you are and you care about people and everything else figures itself out. Also, divide business from personal. Like everything I said, just said before we gave you the mic, some people might take that personally. It's not. I can have dinner with Dan. I'm cool with Rich Lamborn. I, I like all of these people. We're not talking about that. Where you attack the situation with the situation. Remember, we were talking about how lawyers, defense yeah. attorneys, and prosecutors can have dinner and drinks after back in the day yeah. because it, that, that was about business, right? Yeah. It shouldn't be about business because I don't get the job and it's personal when it comes to them. There's no double. Shouldn't be a double standard there, right? No. It shouldn't be when someone lays off 30 people, you can't say that's just business. But when the manager gets laid off, that's personal. That's bullshit. <laughs> oh, now you've gone too far. No, you damn well. Or yes, you're damn right. I did. You know, I'm angry right now. I'm sorry. Well, and I think, you know, going back to the, the question I posed, I have been in that situation. I mean, I work for Wendy now and in a space that was not something I went to school with, was not what I was educated in. I was educated, I I went to school to be a teacher and a coach. Those were the two things I went to school for. But here I am, a producer of a podcast, I'm managing a startup, I'm producing courses, I'm a host, like I'm just doing all these different things. And part of it is because she believed in me and saw my work ethic, correct me if I'm wrong. Absolutely. She saw my work ethic, the way that I show up, the way that I interact with people, the way that I care about not only my job, but how my job affects others, right? And so she took a chance on me and that gave me, and this is where, you know, where it comes back to the cool kid crowd, that gave me more freedom to not care as much. Like I fight an uphill battle in this community because I want people to show up work their butts off, get what they earn, not what they think they deserve or they're entitled to, but what they earn. And straight up, it's it's very head-on collision with a lot of the mentality that's here. And you see it in every in every aspect of life, but having somebody believe in you and take a chance on you oh. allows you that freedom I know. Oh, allows you that freedom to be who you are, and 
and it and it helps you grow like the growth i've experienced in the last year has yeah. been some of the most growth i've had in my entire life and it's because i've been able to let go of some of the stuff that's been holding me back because i have someone who knows what i'm cap not only what i'm capable of based on what she's seen but what i'm still learning and growing into like it's i know she knows it's untapped and yesterday or Wednesday was just another example when we yeah, watched so, that, that recording. Great? When you walked into the room and you, you guys told me I'm gonna I'm a I'm a um, I might feel like I'm getting punked <laughs> yeah. or something like that. We were a little, That's what I said. We were a little um, worried about that. And you're like you're like I think Wendy was like why well, Ashley's gonna join us and 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 I looked at you and I gave you this look like okay. what's the bad news. <laughs> I love it. You know, you're like, cool. where's the punk? Mia, what's the bad news? That was that. Oh, that was wait. Oh, that was the bad news. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's a good life, dude. But do you? Can you appreciate based on what I said and what you just said? How we're both right in this situation. You Absolutely. Are, you, you, everything you've gotten was. I mean, you, you as brings new meaning to the term meritocracy. Being judged on the merits and the work that you put in, and in a manner how you did it. But she sees that, but she also sees something else that goes beyond that. That goes beyond the logic and the sense. All right. The right thing to do is to ask herself, can she fucking do this or not? And the answer was yes. And the answer was yes, right? We send gratitude texts back and forth every no, day. No, because I... <laughs> she no, makes my life no, but Ashley, so much easier but, and helpful. And sh and you know what I was going to say about that? The quality that you look for in somebody in a startup or in yeah. an environment where, you, like, say the resume. I've never even mm -hmm. seen your resume. I just know <laughs> you. Um, but you look for that quality of will they figure it out or will they quit? Mm -hmm. Like, she doesn't quit. Like if something, if we have right. to figure something out, she's figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Or I'm asking questions so I can't right. figure and, it and out. And that means going to different people and asking the question, not thinking that you're going to figure it all out on mm -hmm. your own, but having the tenacity to go and ask the questions and keep figuring it out. Because right. that's what startups are. I'm just glad it was an easy choice. Oh, yeah. Look, no, you, you can meet someone who's practiced law for 20 years and still and, and the guy still sucks. Right. <laughs> he yeah. still sucks. That never dawned on anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you a great volleyball argument with my, my boy Kenny uh, and this guy named John Rose. He passed away. God rest mm -hmm. his soul. But I got I to gotta trample on his grave for a minute. Um, he, Kenny, my friend Kenny was a pure indoor player, a middle. Didn't, didn't want to use his hand. So every time the ball went up, he just hit it on two. And they had no solution. These two guys who were actually, you know, like winning tournaments, playing together. And then Kenny comes on the court in Central Park. And every time there was a pass, it went above his head and it was tight. He just hit it on two. And he had the, the middle's wrist, that, that little caterpillar. Yeah, yeah. And John got so mad that he threw a ball at him. You know, just threw a ball at him and screamed, "Called your hands!" And no, and it's just so illogical because the guy never raises, never raises hands. To he set, never uses them, right? So, and then Kenny gave him a warning, like, "You're lucky. I like you. You're lucky. You're my friend." And then he throws a ball at him again, and then three guys have to wrestle down Kenny, and and now it's this conversation. There's but, some energy on but those the cru But the crux of this conversation was this, and he's like, "Why don't you play in a tournament, Kenny?" And and Kenny says, "Why don't you win one or something like that?" And then John's like, F you, I've been playing for 13 years. And he says, yeah, and you still suck. And when he said that, I took sides. I laughed. I took a side. 13 years. Because there was a level of truth to this. You, you walk around like you're this G. But you've been at this. 
you've been at this for quite some time and you and he didn't suck but i'm just saying like the the worst thing think about the worst thing you could say to someone in an argument to, to me arguments arguments are, are, are a free game yeah. If you're mad at someone, you should be able to say something you know that's going to hurt their feelings the most. If someone has one leg or a peg leg, boy, you go after that, you know? Yeah. If someone's short, oh I'd be like, fee, fi, fo, fum. <laughs> you know? Well, I was, I, one of my guilty pleasure TV shows is, is Bachelor, and they just had the women's tell all. And one of the girls that got kicked off on the night one was like saying something. And then this other girl that was on a little longer was, you know, spouting back and, the girl who got kicked off night one goes, yeah, he kicked me off night one, but he got to know your personality and then sent you home. And I was like, that is freaking phenomenal. Yes. Dude, there's a reason why they say you suck. I've earned it. <laughs> I've earned the right. Yeah. But to quote 50 Cent, he has a song called Wankster. Say you a gangster, but you ain't, you ain't, you ain't never pop nothing. Say you a wankster, you ain't never bought nothing. Go to the dealership, but you never bought nothing. You know, been at this a long time, but you ain't got nothing. <laughs> you know, damn homie, in high school you was the man, homie. The fuck happened to you? <laughs> I it's never a great. To those lyrics yeah. like that. Fifties, fifties. Um. Oh no! Wow, he's not even like my top ten list, but I'm always quoting him. Between him, Eminem, and Jay Z, that that's a three horse race. You know. Yeah, Kanye is awesome too. Yeah. Kanye is saying crazy stuff like "I can't be with you and be with me too." I'm just like wow, you the lyrics know? will blow your mind. I'm yeah. a huge fan of. There's a song called "Love Lockdown" where he's mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. yeah, he says, "I can't feel myself because I gotta move. I can't be myself and be with you too." Wow, so keep your love locked down. Yeah, oh, good yeah. song. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Jason's ready for karaoke. He is. Dude, yeah. live well. I don't stay up. Did you Let's go last start night? by. No, because I wanted to be awake for this and not look like the boogeyman smacked me around. Um, <laughs> yeah. My girl's parents are in town, so I know I'm going to get to sleep in them. some mornings because they, there's no, the only person Braxton loves more than mom is grandma, grandma. and grandpa. Yeah, yeah it, it is. Awesome. It is a great lo love relationship. Oh, yeah. My, my parents are coming. My parents are coming tonight. Are they? Yeah, they watch Kate. Are you gonna, oh, are you going to pick them up? or Les Mis at Redondo tonight. Tonight and tomorrow night. Yes. Doesn't Baranek have something Saturday oh, yeah, night at 11.40? Yeah. Oh, is it at 11.40? Yeah. PM? Yeah, yes. that's his surf movie. I oh. have. I... Good for Eric. Is it at 11.40? Uh, look, I don't know, but um, I don't know. I'm a bit of a fanboy. <laughs> like, I'm a volleyball purist. I like it. And Ashley know what that means. That means you're more of a fan of the sport regardless of who's playing it so you don't follow a particular person but yep. with that being said i got theo theo and trevor my three guys that i follow all the time theo and trevor okay. and thank you volleyball because now they're a team <laughs> they're playing together so <laughs> that, i got that two for one deal and eric baranek you know yeah. so and my three girls are um tkn Kristen nuss and cloth and they play together and chrissy jones who i don't even think is in the, in the sport yeah crazy right can I share that story with you guys? Remember the short story I shared about Chrissy Jones, uh, um, uh, Atlantic City. I want to do that, and then we're out here, okay? It's so uh, it wouldn't. I swear it's worth it. I wouldn't do that if it wasn't worth it. So, 
I'm in Atlantic City. I'm calling court one, right? And I'm calling her by myself. Cameron's on center court. She's got a guy named Boron, and it's great play-by-play caller. They're shooting back and forth. So Chrissy Jones is warming up on my court. She's playing with Muno, I think, mm-hmm. Zana Muno. Yeah. And the guy, the director of public relations, uh, Josh Glazebrook. Yeah. Is that him? Yeah. Josh Glazebrook. Yeah. A good guy, but I think, uh, honestly, I think a little bit in over his head when it's come with, uh, when it comes to what's coming. So um, don't take that personally, Josh. That's just business. Um, um, he comes up to me and he's like, this is 45 seconds for the match starts. And he says, from now on, uh, Chrissy's going to be known by her new last name, by her husband's last name. So I'm like, sure. I'm like, what's the name? He goes, Shunderword. And I went. You what? Want me to say what? what? They're like thirty seconds, Jason. And he goes, Shunderword. And I'm like, from Jones. And I'm like, <laughs> can you spell that? He goes, nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> so. First of all, the stencils, they don't even write it in a Shunderwood. They still have Jones. So every time I say Shunderwood or Shunderwood, I slap myself on the leg. And Josh is next to me, cracking up. I, I mean, I don't know if it was a rib or just a professional thing that we were trying to fix. But I had a really, really good time with him uh, that weekend. I got to know Josh very, very well because I've seen him at the AVPs all the time. But just to see the work the guy put in. Yeah. And just how much that happens behind the scenes that I don't know. So for me to say he's in over his head, that just, that just shows I don't know. I'm just being a hater, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll just admit that. But but Shunderwood. And it turns out it was S-C-H-O-O-N-D-E-R-O-U-R-D. I can't even, you can't even like put that in you. You guys lost it in the spelling. I was lost and, at O-O. Yeah. And God bless you, Chrissy. <laughs> God bless you, Chrissy Jones, Chrissy Schoenderwood. I'm still a fan of you. I hope you come back. I hope your husband's, um, I understand his husband got injured in the field training exercise. He was a Marine. Um, yeah, I think he was doing two, he did like two tours in Afghanistan, came back in one piece and then hurt his neck in, a, in an FTX. Um, but hope you're okay. I'm a fan. Um, I hope you come back on the podcast. It was because when, you know, when she came on, I had a little fanboy in me. I had such a fanboy in me. I was telling jokes that we had to edit out. <laughs> And my, all of my podcasts are unedited. That was, that was the only time in the whole, in 172 episodes I had to edit something out. And I'll tell you off camera what it was. But, <laughs> but she's a good girl and we couldn't be talking about that. So let's plug everybody as far as AG handle, as far as websites. Oh, people want to know more about Wendy Jones and Bed Better, Be Better Media. They want to know more about Ashley. They want to know more about what's going on with our new podcast. So when do you... Um, Ashley... Actually, you, you, you do the, the plugs, girl. Oh, I just did that for our new show. So um, where did I put it, though? Is Okay, so our new show is Undivided. We are only streaming that on the Be Better YouTube channel. I believe that handle is at Be Better Media. The number is 9038. But you could probably pull that up, Jason. All right. As far as myself, you can follow me on Instagram at ashley.a.clark.10. I know that's silly and annoying. Um, TikTok, AshleyAnnC10, and as well as Twitter, AshleyAnnC10. You want me to hit yours, too? Uh, how thrilled I am with social when, media these when days. Did you, no, because <laughs> right, your Instagram thing got, got jacked, right? Yeah, and 
Our Instagram that we were working on last year got shut down, so we've recently turned Wendy Jones's personal account that was formerly at Faith in the Journey. Um, it is now on Instagram and TikTok, BeBetterMedia.life. Do you know how much of an asshole you got to be? To, to mess with this woman's account. That's what I'm saying. Like, we only put out great content that will help people in their lives. And nothing, none of it was controversial. None they of just, it. Not mentioning COVID, not mentioning the pandemic, not mentioning any of the hot topics. It's personal now, just, man. They mess with Wendy Jones, dude. Yeah. It's personal. And she, you had the following of a, of a TikTok teenager. <laughs> like the 20, numbers? 20,000 followers. Yeah. Well, 20, the last time I saw it was 20,000. It was is, growing. Though, don't really like me but i don't really care either. you had the following of a teen you can do things because you have x amount of views that i can't like i think you need to have a thousand followers or more to do like a an extended live thing or whatever and just on that so yeah but there's still yeah. the man behind the curtain is still running it all so it's yeah. got a wizard of oz thing going on maybe i got some men behind the curtain too so let's talk about that when this is over i got uh, all right that's all i got so listen wendy jones and ashley might like you but i don't like any of you guys in fact i can't stand any of you so i'm out of here so for all of you at home for all of you on your desktop for all of you on your ipads for all of you on did i say the desktop again who runs the world old school baby old school from my homie wendy jones for ashley clark i'm jason debeas this is episode 172 of the option podcast i'm gonna hit my music and we are out of here Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionDB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.